0: Chapter four of our Kid Nation Rewatch here on Rob Has a Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at skills.com where they turn mobile gaming into cash look just because the people of Bonanza City are starved for entertainment doesn't mean that you have to be. You know all that time that you spend playing your favorite mobile games on your phone? You could have been winning money and prizes where skills.com turns mobile gaming into cash. Skills with a Z. Skills.com literally has the greatest games on the planet. You'll probably bump into me there. Of course, uh, my favorite there is two-minute football. Skills makes it super easy to get started. and They have games for everybody. Classics like Solitaire, Cube, and 21 Blitz. And fun new games like Blackout Bingo. It's fair because you're matched against players at your skill level. Unlike Kid Nation where you could be 8 and then you're up against somebody who's 15. Beginners play beginners. Experts play experts. Play against me. Friends, listeners, coworkers. Or you can win serious cash, cars, and amazing prizes. Not lame ones like on Kid Nation. It's totally legit. Players have won over $2 with a B. $2 billion. New new users. Use promo code RHAP because I got you to double the cash to start playing with. That's promo code RHAP for double the cash. To get started, go to skills with a Z, skills.com slash RHAP. That's skills with a Z.com slash RHAP. Must be 18 or older. Terms and conditions apply. Not available in all states. See website for details. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Rob Sesternino back here for week four on the RHAP Rewind here in the month of January. And we are back for the fourth chapter of our Kid Nation Rewatch. And I'm so excited to be back here today. We've got another great episode. We're going to be talking through episodes eight, nine, and 10 of 2007's Kid Nation. And let me bring back, here is my co-host, and I will never give him a vote of no confidence. Here is the great Phil Thompson. Phil, how are you?
1: What's going on, Rob? I'm doing all right. You know, this week we got one um, great, I I would say, good um, transition of power. And then on Kid Nation, you know, we got one that might have, you know, gone awry, but I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, with
0: you. yes. Uh, political <laughs> scientists, I think that uh, pull up a chair because there's a lot to watch here in what goes on in Bonanza City that we are holding up a, a mirror, a mirror to our society. And uh, we can see things, little microcosms of the things that happen in our real world. Uh, we will do that once again here today as we talk through Kid Nation. And boy, how lucky are we today? that we have uh, back with us a man who is a reality TV encyclopedia. Uh, Before, he was a man whore. He was a young man watching Kid Nation. It's Mike Bloom.
2: It's the natural transition. So happy to be here. And I'm even happier that I did not interrupt you, Rob, because I know if I did, we would have to start all the way over over from coming to you live.
0: Coming to you live. Let's do it. Take (laughs) it from one. All right
2: no interruptions
1: this entire podcast
0: i
2: have to go to the bathroom
0: (laughs) yeah we're so lucky we have mike bloom here of course uh that mike is coming off of a week where on tuesday night we got back together to talk about the best juror speeches of all time Uh, mike bloom myself and the amazing grace leader of course, yes. Uh, yes. And uh, we went through all of the best juror speeches of all time on the latest Outwit, Outplay, Outlist. Check that out at com. Uh, and
2: I mean, I think that some of these council members went up for re-election, could have used some lessons from Sue Hawk, maybe even some Corinne thrown in there. Because when you're thrown for a loop with a blindside, they all sort of stumbled as a result and, and got overthrown. But I'm happy to pull up a chair and I don't know if I'll sit in it grouchily like someone else that was intending the inauguration. But Taylor, is Taylor sort of like the, the, the Bernie of, of Bonanza of just sort of like sitting okay. there with her arms crossed, Here's like one. deal with it. Right.
0: Well that we've seen every single Bernie Sanders meme. Put him at the town council meeting <laughs> as the fifth leader. Put him up there. I'd love I- to see it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think well, I think, you know, his I think his district would be especially interesting in, in many different ways think like the council meetings would be incredibly interesting. I can't wait. No, 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 no. It's not the council meeting. It's when it's DK, Greg and Blaine setting up the chair in the town center, right when they're doing the compliments. Put Bernie there. That's where <laughs> he needs to be. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Now Bernie would be great in Kid Nation that he would be talking about how, you know, the uh, what what's the top class?
1: Yeah, he, he'd totally just be mixing he would, up all the classes. Yeah, he, the
0: laborers are underpaid. With our laborers, <laughs> they're only getting uh, one buffalo nickel. That's not enough. It's not a living wage in Bonanza City.
2: Yeah, I think he would be the one sort stage a coup on the show, right? Be like, Jonathan, we don't care about the challenge. <laughs> We're all going to be equal here. <laughs> Give everybody 25 cents. That's it. <gasps> and i well we also he's dressed for the part right considering how cold it is with bonanza city he's got Mm -hmm. those those warm ass mittens like he's just gonna be walking around the entire time just sort of huddled up with his mail under his sleeve where are the ponies i Mm -hmm. gotta let it descend (laughs) you know i
1: think that's what if they ever were gonna do a kid nation season two just have bernie on as like one of the tribe leaders just have bring him on no one would care it'd be great yeah the upper class is making too
0: much money Okay. I am
2: asking you again for your <laughs> Buffalo nickels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, could you give us your Kid Nation origin story? Yeah, so this is an interesting one uh, because so I I did watch it live in the fall of 2007. For the most part, I actually ended up sort of bailing on the season. Actually, around this time, I do remember watching the talent show, but that sort of is the last memory I have in the moment of watching Kid Nation. Because especially when I was sort of building that uh, that aforementioned reality TV encyclopedia, back in the day, uh, I sort of forbade myself from watching reality shows that were not competition based. Essentially, I told myself, like, if someone's not going home every episode, I don't want to see it. And so as a result, with Kid Nation, after a while, I'm like, well, there are some kids that are going home, but it's not really by any sort of elimination process. Let me sort of. Bail on this. I more so had a lot of other stuff to check out, like the shows that I saw in the lower third being advertised in my copy of this Mm -hmm. between Survivor China and The Amazing Race. You know, I was not starving for content. Uh, But I always do remember watching at least that first half just because of how wild it was. You know, I was 18 years old at the time that Kid Nation aired. So I was definitely on the older side. But, you know, you're old enough from a proximity basis that you certainly put yourself in that mindset of like, if I was in that situation, what would I do? Because I'm definitely a homebody. I'm an indoor kid, as it were. So, like, you you tell me to go get water, go kill a chicken, and I'm just going to look at you cockeyed. Uh, so I can only imagine how I would have done back then and putting myself in the place of these poor besieged children.
1: Mike, you didn't want to see the fall of Randy? That wasn't something that was really enticing to you at the time? or?
2: <laughs> well, I guess I, guess, I guess I left with Randy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> if Randy's gone, then I'm gone. That's it. I'm like, t- I, mean, I, I did what Taylor wouldn't do.
0: All right, well let's talk through episode number 8 of Kid Nation and it is called Starved for Entertainment. It's all about the lack of entertainment options in Bonanza City. Boy Phil, we open up these episodes and like these themes are so heavy-handed like all of a sudden like uh like talk about the 24-hour news cycle in bonanza city like something is not even on the radar and then there's a one subject every single kid in the whole town is talking about this one thing it's
1: insane they're like <laughs> not beating around the bush at all like in the like, within the first minute all the kids are like oh, i'm so bored they're, <laughs> all, they're all
2: lying down doing, yeah. it looked like they were doing like that sleepover game where you like you put your head on someone's stomach and everyone goes like huh ha ha and everyone tries to laugh like it felt like an odd group therapy i have not exercise. played that game mike well, listen, we're going to get into bad theater games later with the communication game. I played many a time. Speaking <laughs> of entertainment, yeah. theater and the arts, I'm certainly not starved for that over the course of my life.
0: So here comes Sophia. And Phil, this is like a thing Sophia does. Like, I'm bored. Let me invent something that's going to be uh, just to get everybody doing what I want for my amusement. She uh, makes everybody lay down in the street. Uh, Mike, uh, was this inspired by the movie The Programme?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, Sophia is very, uh, culturally literate. And so she really said, like, all right, let's, let's get everybody out here to homage <laughs> this movie, if only just for me. I mean, it's less so about that for me. It was more so about Jared's history lesson. Jared, who God, I love Jared so much. I love him. He's like a, he's like a mini Fraser crane <laughs> in that, like, he is so, like, highbrow, but so awkwardly goofy that. I, like, just put a bolt cap on him, and essentially you have a mini Kelsey Grammer.
1: <laughs> I, uh, you know, now we're at the phase where Jared is no longer, you know, happy. Ever since the, you know, Devad debacle, <laughs> now he's kind of jaded. He's old and bitter and jaded. Jaded you know, Jared. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, you know, you know, want to know what, what, what the, one of the causes of the Dark Ages? Here, I got the clip. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh,
2: here we go. I'd
0: like to know one of the causes of the Dark Ages. They ditched art and entertainment. Now, Mike, is that factually correct?
2: I mean, if we're going to the family feud board, I definitively don't think it's number one. I'm pretty sure the Black Plague yeah. was number one. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know, number two, the Crusades might have had something to do with it as well. Like, I think but it's definitely. They I don't think
0: ditched arts and entertainment.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's on the podium. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll admit to that. I, I think it's i think a lack of arts education is sort of off to the sides there
1: yeah i think that was probably a cause of of the plague it wasn't really a direct you mm-hmm. know they lost the arts and then everything yeah went to shit.
0: I, I wonder if 2020 2021 is jared is like uh we've lost all of our arts that all the movie theaters are closed we've lost who we are as people
2: I I'm just imagining, like imagine like what the 1500s would be like, "Oh, we can't go to the theater. I'll lick this rat. That's what I'll do. This is my entertainment now. Oh, I'm sick. Like,
1: the, the whole episode kind of hinges on the fact that Bonanza totally fell and, like, they collapsed yeah. because they lost arts and entertainment. Like, I love that they keep coming up with new ways that, like, Bonanza <laughs> City fell, like, every single episode.
2: And yeah, this yeah. place sounds like an utter catastrophe. Maybe this place was run by a child at the time, and they just didn't mention it, because it seems like every single time it was like, don't do this, Bonanza City did this. Bonanza City did something wrong. but did more wrong than it did right. The only thing it did right was being able to describe what it did wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's funny that this book is sort of like, uh, just the 13-part sort of autopsy of Bonanza Bonanza City. <laughs> All my yeah, that- City lost. Chapter eight. We did not have enough arts in our town. That's part of the reason our society crumbled. Very sad. Yeah, so
2: I'm, I'm so glad that the council decides because I think what does Zach say? Like, what's well, either going to be a talent show or a play? And we've seen Big Brother 16. We mm-hmm. are very glad that it wasn't a play because I cannot imagine these people trying to mock the others.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, they're going to figure out something to do. And we're going to go with talent show. And so I know from the second we hear about the talent show, this is going to be a disaster.
1: Has there ever been a talent show that totally just went off without a hitch, though? Like, everyone was just totally phenomenal. Uh, I don't like, know. You I mean,
2: know. Wet, wet Hot American Summer, you know, everyone, except they didn't like the, the day-by-day performance. It was too <laughs> Jesus-y to them. But it blew the house, the roof off of it by the end.
0: Yeah. Mike, I have to imagine you have appeared in your fair share of talent shows.
2: Oh, certainly. Oh, certainly.
0: Yes. Can you share with us some of your acts that you've done in the talent show? <laughs>
2: Uh, it's been a lot of uh, I've done I've done stand up uh, you know I guess to to quote Jared I'm not the worst performer I'll say that mm-hmm. much about my own performative style I've sang before uh, my seventh grade group of friends and I formed a short lived band Ooh. where we performed a song about rocks that was essentially us just smashing on it. Uh, no unfortunately not uh no yeah, no no hauling rocks there but it sounded like we were grinding rocks because all we were doing was just mashing on instruments we had no idea how to play so i never mm-hmm. born any success out of talent shows but i also feel like when you're going to a talent show for this age group you're not looking for quality it's more so about quantity how many kids sign up and sort of what's the diversity of acts that are being performed
0: phil you're a talented guy have you appeared in any talent shows yeah,
1: I, you know, unfortunately, I also, um, did stand up in my yes. high school talent yes. show. And, uh, I don't, I don't think it went great. You know, I think, uh, Sophia really, really showed me up here in, in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I just think about how, you know, these kids are so bored and, you know, DK is like c- causing an uprising. He's like, we're so bored. We need something to do. But do you really think that like, talent show is like the thing that yeah. really speaks out to you well like when you're sitting around like oh i'm so bored what should i do oh let's go to a talent show let's go to like that's never like the number one thing i feel mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah I, I mean you know what they maybe could have done could we have done like bonanza the movie you know could they have provided mm-hmm. them with like antiquated video cameras and like you guys are gonna make a movie this episode and then you're gonna screen it that night in front of the entire town
1: it would have been like threat level midnight or something like that would have been actually phenomenal if they just like made their own movie and they had to like in-house edit it and like do everything <laughs> themselves <laughs> that would have
2: been yeah, amazing like you saw you see these kids haul water wait till you see them in front of final cut pro that's when they really <laughs> fall apart
0: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think that probably that would be too much of a break from like the bonanza city motif of to go out and shoot uh, like a maybe the uh, original play might have been the way to go
1: Yeah, I also that I would have loved to see that. I wonder what they would have done though. Maybe maybe some Shakespeare that would have been good. I think
2: you know what I think. Jared's definitively the writer. Um, Maybe they would do like sort of like a a Bonanza City like uh, pageant almost about like the history of Bonanza City that was made up of like okay, this is when they failed to clean up. This is when they failed to get the food. This is when they failed to have entertainment. And then you bring in as many actors as you want to, and then perform for the rest of the kids. And actually, I'm coming around on this idea. Maybe. Though I guess, you know, these, this at least allows the kids to be themselves however they want to, whether yeah. that's stand-up, singing, etc.
0: I also think that the producers, uh, somebody had the idea of like, oh, whoever wins the talent show will get the gold star this week. Oh, that's so good. Oh, okay. Uh, and ultimately, they tried to build this talent show around who is going to win the gold star.
2: Right, yeah. but that but that's not like initially the thing, right? Because doesn't doesn't Devon make another play for the second week in a row? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't participate. In, oh no, she did sing. She, right, she's she's saying. But I think it was more so about like, hey, just a reminder. Like I'll do this if I have to get the gold <laughs> star, but I'm not really into the idea of singing.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: d- anything for a gold star from Devon
1: devon should have made potatoes for the for the talent (laughs) show i think i think that would have really they would have been like all right these potatoes are pretty good like we'll give you
0: the gold star you know what you should have done you should have have
2: made a ventriloquist dummy out of potatoes like mr (laughs) potato head and just like did a whole act with that i think kids would have been rolling on the floor
0: would have been great okay
2: so everybody
0: is going to be uh working on their acts uh we hear uh kennedy is a new kid in town phil is this the first time we've seen kennedy
1: Yeah, I believe so. I don't think we've ever seen Kennedy before, and, you know, it's funny, again, how they will just bring in a brand new character, and it's like, oh, wait, were you even in the show? And you have Mm -hmm. to, like, look back through the other episodes, like, oh, yeah, she was in the background. of The Nikki and Palos of Kid
2: Nation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, but luckily this one fares a lot better with the audience. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Kennedy is sort of like, uh, the Kennedy stands like the Laurel S. Boston accent, right? Like, she's young, she's got personality, maybe she's Catholic, like, She's got those moves. She's got that charisma that apparently is just so electric. Those funky dance moves just send everyone into hysterics. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's how they started it out. It it feels like, you know, Kennedy is a weird character that, like, doesn't fully translate on TV. Like, you definitely see why they didn't really include her in the first, like, six or seven episodes. Because it's (laughs) like, I don't really know what exactly to do with you, but I guess, you know dance
0: weird (laughs) yeah uh jared is going to work on shakespeare uh phil is jared a shakespeare kid or do you think that somebody put him up to this I think Jared is a Shakespeare
1: kid. I don't remember. He had a Shakespeare quote earlier. He also, (laughs) when they opened up the the shops, I remember he picked out like a like Hamlet or something like that. And he was like, I love Hamlet.
2: I I was going to ask like where, because obviously they got like the holy books a few episodes ago. Look, I love Misham's Shakespeare. I don't think it qualifies as a holy book, (laughs) but somehow he has like the complete works of Shakespeare to peruse.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, so he's going to be working on that. And then Olivia is going to be doing some stand-up. And uh, Sophia tells us that, uh, is Olivia funny? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't really... You know, Olivia is also... I never really thought that she was funny, but we're going to see. You know, she does a pretty good job for, you know, like a 12-year-old. That was pretty good stand-up. I actually...
2: I, I kind of feel for Olivia here because... I have certainly had people that are like, oh, like you do comedy stuff. Tell me a joke, and that is sort of what I feel like Sophia did, right? Of like, it's almost like, oh, you're a singer. Sing something right now, like, hey, dance monkey, come on, get on your platform and perform for me right now in the middle of civilian, uh, you know, civilian environment. It felt odd for you know Sophia to be like, all right, Olivia, uh, do do some comedy. No, not funny. Uh, just try. she was sort of like the Simon Cowell of the group. I feel like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, they should have <laughs> had judges uh, during the talent show.
2: Would I guess have been were the, were the, was the council sort of, I mean, they were the ones that gave the gold star, so I guess they were the judges. I guess they were the judges, but they didn't, like, rate each act.
1: Yeah, I no. would have loved, like, a Randy Jackson speech from, like, Greg after every single performance or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've been watching Randy Jackson on Name That Tune.
2: All right, so do, do you give the thumbs up to name the Jane Krakowski yeah, Name That Tune? Yeah, I do.
0: I loved it. Did you watch it?
2: Yeah, I, No, so I've checked out all the other Fox programming. I've watched Mass Singer, Mass Dancer, and I can see your voice. I really actually enjoyed I Can See Your Voice. So I think Name That Tune might have to complete the the quadrology of musical based. It's really fun. I love
0: love Name That Tune.
2: It's just weird
1: to see Randy Jackson, who was once, you know, a total like television <sighs> titan and now he just is kind of like a song and dance man, just playing the song and that's basically He's it. He's
0: very skinny and he also is like trying to like I, I don't think Jane Krakowski really includes him in the conversation. He just <laughs> sort of like butts in sometimes, like, hold on, Randy. No, does
2: he still have did he still have like the, the yo dog like terminology or anything yeah, I, I didn't hear that? a lot of dogs. I mean, think a lot of have dropped dogs are it's a bit pitchy.
0: Yeah but uh no it's good the whole band it's a
2: fun show mike do you think that randy jackson like do you think he would have won the talent show if little randy jackson was performing In well in he's this? at the
0: piano on this show he's like uh he's the guy who's like the like the band leader
2: right but do you think he would have beaten kennedy's funky dancing yes That's the main question yes
0: so that i mean he uh what he was in journey right i mean he's a talented guy <laughs> I don't know. But that funky dancing. (laughs) But he could play music. I mean, he could play better than Kelsey on the piano
1: i think kennedy would have mopped the floor with randy jackson i'm sorry you
2: gotta gotta know your crowd these kids don't care about journey they care about funky dancing and Mm. bird masks those Mm. kennedy really hit the big two The,
0: the big two all right so uh we also are introduced to savannah is a girl who's missing home phil every week we have to have like some kid that's like missing home some kid is like uh on the block of that they're gonna go home and miss their parents
1: yeah, you know, it's always a constant battle between like there's some kid who's always crying and all the other kids are like, why are you crying? Like, yeah, we all miss our family. And then the next week, that same kid who was like critiquing the other kid is like now crying. like, Oh, I miss my family. I mean, it's pretty hard. I'm not going to debate. But also, like, you know, we're three quarters of the way through. Like, come on, kids. Yeah, we got there's this. 10 like,
0: days left. Stop it. Come on. Home Stop spread. It. Let's you know, go. I didn't Let's get go. on any kid yet about oh, I want to go home. But,
2: you know, what? it's day 30.
0: You're going home in 10 days. You make an
2: authentic Kentucky dinner. It makes you miss home.
0: You can can finish this. You can finish this. Like, uh, you can make it this far. Okay. So. We have a uh, we have a lot of Greg and Blaine in this episode. Uh, a ton of Greg and Blaine coming up here in episodes eight, nine, and ten. And so, Greg, Mike, I would love to get your take on Greg. Greg is basically like uh, that. He is like uh, the Incredible Hulk, and then also like Bruce Banner. He's like uh, sometimes he's like a very like nice, like conscientious guy, and then the other half of the time he is like the exact opposite,
2: raging lunatic greg is such a little asshole (laughs) (laughs) he really is like i it's and he tries to like you know schluff it off in the in the final episode of this block right of being like hey it's tough love and that's what i think really unlocked it for me of like you know this is a farm kid he probably has heard that mentality as well of like oh i have to get up at the crack of dawn and do this because it's tough love but like that does not work when you apply it to other kids Uh, And so, yeah, Greg's whole Greg's commandments are so strange Mm -hmm. to your point, Rob, like he will support the younger kids specifically. But I guess if you reach a certain age limit, he's like, F off. I hate you. You should be able to do this. Uh, It's it's an odd, like, I don't know, flip of a switch when you get to a certain height or a certain number for Greg, where after that he just does not respect you whatsoever
0: phil it's almost like if you're being lazy and not working greg is gonna come at you but then once you start crying then he's gonna bring you back up
1: yeah i think that's what's so fascinating about greg and you know because greg is obviously like you know the perfect like school bully archetype um (laughs) and i think a lot of that is just because like you know he's like really tough on the outside he's gonna push you down and he's gonna call you names and swear at you but you see there's such like a soft and like you know emotional interior that's just bur- like ready to like burst out you know it's like if you be you a know, poke him you know he'll start crying because like it seems like he doesn't have anyone to actually talk to about the stuff he's dealing with it feels only like only
0: blame only blame
2: I mean, well we get to and we get to see a little bit of goofy greg in this first episode right when i mean he and greg are doing their own take on shakespeare i think i'm not entirely <laughs> sure what they're doing their own version of romeo and juliet uh, yeah. involving peeing in the corner <laughs> yeah, they're both
1: wearing dresses. You know, I don't know. You know, they. I think they're like Pacino and De Niro or something like that with their performances. I, don't I mean, know. listen,
2: it was super progressive, though, right? It was, you know... Uh, mm, I'm
1: not
0: sure.
2: <laughs> I mean, the, and they really went off script at a certain point with, like, uh, why should I love you because I'm so sexy? Uh, you know, yeah. better than the Bard, in my opinion. I think Jared's ripping up his pages now being like, my God, why didn't I go to them? This is These are the works of the great classical artists. Well,
0: Mike, I think this was a bit of a throwback, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the original Shakespeare performances, like, weren't all the Roles played by men
2: yes but not all the roles were played by men in dresses Mm. (laughs) and also
1: the men in dresses were never you know exclusively played for the joke which is i what i think greg and blaine are ultimately doing here
2: also where did they get the dresses i'm very intrigued about that because they seem like those like saloon girl dresses that like if you go to like uh you know the old west town you like take pictures dressed up with your friends I don't know if the producers provided that, if they won that in some sort of challenge or something. But I'm very intrigued as to what bargain bin they got these out of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure the producers. As soon as they said they, they want to wear dresses, the producers are gonna like, oh my god, that's so funny. Yet, yeah, but, we'll but then there's
2: even like a little bit of a mashup of stories where, like, I remember when they were rehearsing, like Greg lets down his like Rapunzel like hair for Romeo to climb the tower, and I'm like, I don't remember. Is this is a footnote mm-hmm. in Romeo and Juliet because <laughs> I do not remember this part specifically.
0: You think that uh, Greg and Blaine were probably. Uh, you're surprised that they didn't stick to the uh, actual word as uh, much as they should have.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that Shakespeare's words are considered poetic, effervescent, eternal mm-hmm. for a reason. If you deviate from the bard, you, you invoke hundreds of years of literary history that brought us out of those dark ages. Yes. This was the entertainment that got us away from licking rats, as Jared would say. <laughs> Honor it a little bit, boys, okay? Come on all right Listen, they're calling people lazy they're being lazy for not sticking to their shakespeare
0: yeah so greg and blaine they have a problem phil with uh here come two new characters out of nowhere have we seen uh <laughs> natasha and meagle uh meagle <laughs> meagle
2: yeah meagle yeah. no i'm pretty sure meagle there's one scene where uh her sister has a ring that she really likes mm-hmm. and so she ends up choking her and taking the ring and going off mm-hmm. into a cave yes yes
1: <laughs> uh No, they're, they're, yeah, they were only kind of seen as part of, like, Taylor's clique or her alliance or whatever, but that's basically all we get from them. You know, we, the the first time we actually meet Natasha, you know, she's like, oh, I miss my bed, I miss my food, I miss everything. And I I know you, you love those type of people, Rob, who are just, you know, complaining about how much they miss their food and everything like that, but, you know, you know that's kind of we see how much taylor's influence kind of like spread onto them or maybe mm-hmm. that's just who they are i don't know
2: yeah and i do love like this is a you know it's 2007 yeah. when uh you talked about george bush last time this time they get the nickname of paris and nicole
0: okay <laughs> phil uh, do you know paris and nicole yeah that's kind of before
1: my time i mean i know who they are and i know yes. of them but definitely like the like the cultural context of that was a little bit lost on me, I'd say, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Well, not
2: only you, uh, Alex also doesn't know what that means, which I gotta say, I think Alex might be my favorite tertiary character of the whole thing. Like, this guy doesn't have anything major to do, but, like, he's gonna stand there with his cool-ass shades and just sort of, like, make commentary little Alex about everything. He's always my favorite go-to kid.
0: He's good. Uh, I didn't know he was so close with Nathan. We'll find that out in uh, the next episode
1: yeah we kind of like the a lot of the friendships don't mean anything until they suddenly do and then all of a sudden they're gone again
0: a lot of times like we have one kid and it's like you know like they're who their best friend is that's sort of like uh that uh, that a lot of them are sort of paired up of like there's this one it's like okay i know who that is because that's that one's best friend there's like
2: a weird there's a weird buddy buddy bonanza buddy system going on right i'm like okay yeah oh no imagine if he was the other council member next to bernie
0: (laughs) 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 all right it's time for the talent show <laughs> doing it in the
2: buddy system. Yeah. We're going to You're going to be reading excerpts from the Boston Rob Rule book.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh Blaine and Greg, uh they have a problem with Meglee and Natasha. They tell uh they, they tell Anjay they're going to throw the challenge to make uh to be the laborer. So, Migle and Natasha are going to work and uh Phil Anjay does not like that idea.
1: Yeah, I mean cuz you know, he obviously doesn't want to be a laborer, but also Anjay knows that he kind of has no authority over what Greg and Blaine are going to do. And I think that's the most frustrating part about it to him because he knows he wants to stop it, but Greg and Blaine are going to do Greg and Blaine. And mm-hmm. so if they want to throw the challenge, they're going to throw the challenge. And that's basically it.
0: Yeah. At one point, Anjay trying to get the team fired up, like, uh, are we going to win or not? And they're like, no. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think my favorite, though, is I think it's the next episode when he's like, guys, the titanic was nice and solid and it only sank when it split apart like mm-hmm. Anjay, that's not that's not exactly it, he only has dark
0: up. metaphors he's talking about like the donner party and all this
2: stuff they yeah, really just let this idea of like well the only reason why the titanic sank is because it split up like no it hit an iceberg mm-hmm. there was like, a very key element that contributed to the to the ship splitting up and sinking there
0: yeah okay all right, kids, time for a showdown. Everybody get in here for the big showdown. And- oh, my God. All right, All right. <laughs> look, the kids are starved for entertainment. So we're going to have a challenge involving gumball machines and then doing some sort of like a mosaic paint by number. But instead of paint, you're going to use gumballs
2: i love jonathan by the way from the mimetic proportions he's like an ll bean catalog brought to life right of like here's a generic white guy in a car hard jacket saying all right pioneers go and he loves to like throw his arm forward i noticed he did it when they did the revote like it was some sort of big challenge go and vote like he has the <laughs> same exact energy every single time he's a, you know what it is he's a, he's, a, he's a westworld robot right <laughs> he has the same loop he lives in the western town like this is his this is his track this is his narrative he may be a robot. there
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. And he is going through the same loop in every single episode. Pioneers! yeah,
2: yeah, like his narrative is like you know some get killed, you know some uh, some get consorted with, others have to host a children's television show in Bonanza City each and every day.
0: (laughs) Okay, Phil, the gum chewing uh, challenge here uh, involves: okay, go get your gumball, then chew it. Then hand no, it to uh, another kid First of
1: all they give you a quarter That's the, the, the part you left out Which is totally just unnecessary <laughs> I don't know why they are like Take your 25 cents and put it in the gumball machine Like there's no need to do that Sorry continue Rob yeah. I just wanted to rant and about then, that okay, So
0: chew the gum and then spit the gum out Into somebody else's hand And then your town council leader Will then place it on the map this-
1: What? i like it's disgusting i don't really want to watch kids just chewing gum and spitting it out and put it giving it to other kids you know it's almost as gross as like that like like when they in that challenge in survivor where they like eat like the meat i I was gonna (laughs) say so
2: rob you participated in one of those challenges i know you haven't participated in both of them but would you rather do that again or do this one
0: hmm Who am I? Am I the gum chewer or am I the person getting the uh, gum handed to me?
2: I would say you'd be be the council leader in this point because i think at least like i think a, a credit to the survivor challenge is that everyone's in the same position at least right there's there's one that is not worse off than the others so i
0: think i'd rather do this i think that to make this worse would be if i was then taking the gum from the other kids and then putting it into my mouth uh because mm-hmm. with the doing the meat challenge you know our hands are tied behind our back sort of like getting like your whole face like uh in this uh big slab of meat and The thing that i always say about this like it was like really like seared on the outside but then when you got to the inside like it was uh i would say probably undercooked it was also like (gasps) 115 degrees that day it was miserable so i think i'd give me the gum and i am
2: not a gum
0: guy not a bubble i mean i don't think
2: anyone's gonna be gum people after any of this this is sort of like the be careful what you wish for right where the kids are like yay sweets and gum and then you like cut to you know laurel self-masticating her jaw up and down and all these kids are just complaining just yeah. like rubbing themselves
1: it sounds horrible it sounds horrible to be just like like you know violet Beauregard. that's what they, they needed violet Beauregard on that tribe to totally I love just-
0: gum gums for me i would be the greatest yeah. this challenge you just like me town council leader guys show everybody what's going on
1: Yeah, she would have gotten the gold star every week
2: no
0: because you know,
1: she's Beyond a winner the blue team uh- yeah
2: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trader to the blue team.
2: <laughs> yeah, then, and then, you know what? Uh, win-win. If she ends up turning into a blueberry, then you get rations for the rest of the season.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Kids, we've got some fresh fruit <laughs> <laughs> juice in the kitchen. So, Phil, this is the same show. This is the same show that last time out, that the kids, they made such a big deal. Dental hygiene, kids. You need toothbrushes to brush your teeth. Now, everybody chew 10 million pieces of bubble gum.
1: Yeah, because totally, you know, Rob, think about it. Like, when I think about entertainment and, like, boredom, like, the one thing that will fulfill um, that boredom in my heart is chewing gum. Like, that's the one thing. So I feel like chewing the gum was kind of necessary for this challenge. Like, there's no way they could have done a challenge based on boredom and entertainment, you know, Mm -hmm. without... The gum chewing so yeah i think you know i think it's necessary
0: okay ultimately the green team they are finally upper class blue is the merchant class red are the cooks and yellow did not finish we did not get to see uh or we did not get to win the reward and it all comes down to zach zach could not get the gum to stick on the board and so all right kids let's see and then mike do they have to show the kids the prizes they didn't win
2: I'm actually fine with it this time because this was such a lame ass. At least one perspective was <laughs> such the lamest reward right. I think I've experienced this entire time. Okay, kids,
0: let's see. This is the first behind door number one. This is what you could have had.
2: It's paint for you to paint the whole town in colors that were all up to you. You could have painted Bonanza City and made it a little bit brighter. <laughs> you Even he's not, not selling out. Like, all right, well, city. this is paint. You could use it to paint your house. You could have in or something yeah. like
0: that <laughs> tonight, you could have painted the town red, but
2: you will not, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, all right, well, I don't think these kids wanted to do more work by painting. Uh, I guess they could have had some fun with arts and crafts for, like, a day. But even, like, the instruments, right? Like, those are that's interesting as well. They, they bought all these toys and instruments for them last time, and now they're starved for entertainment. These kids go through these things <laughs> yeah, what like happened? clockwork. What, what are they going to yeah. do with paint? They're going to spend one night painting. They're going to be like, screw this. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to expend more energy painting.
0: And Phil, so I would think they probably dodged a bullet that, like, Greg and Blaine would have painted, like, a giant phallus on, like, the town hall. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking about. It's like, what would these kids have done with all of that paint? Like, yeah, I, I, it would have not, not have been like a good uh, thing.
2: Anjay sucks on the cabin or something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm surprised. Like, you know, like someone didn't didn't actually. Oh, it didn't happen. But like, someone would have drank it or something like that. Hmm. You know what I mean? I, it would have been yeah a, a mess. It's un- I don't know what they were thinking. Just in terms of, I don't even think Jonathan knew that this was going to happen. I think when they opened it, and he was like, "Oh, it's um." Oh, we got paint. Uh, I don't know what, <laughs> why
2: paint, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know how kids love to paint the town. Of course, exactly. No-
2: yeah, nothing they love more than taking giant paintbrushes and working buildings, mm-hmm. just painting entire edifices a certain color. I will. S- so this would have been one of the rare opportunities, right, where they took the more fun option because the all night block party not only sounds banging, but it beats paint. Yeah, Any day of the week. They would literally be watching paint dry compared to a block yes. party. A
0: block party was the other option. And I'll tell you, there was one kid that really wanted that block party.
3: Of course I was mad. We didn't get a block party.
0: Jared really loves block parties, Phil.
1: Yeah, I had no idea. I, You know, he probably goes to them every single year. Have I, any of you guys actually been to a block party? I don't know. I That's I've something that... that
2: yeah, I've been to a couple of block parties but they're not like I don't know I feel like they're not the way they're displayed in like <laughs> pop culture like there's not a clown there or like a bounce house or any of this it's not like a it's I've like been to sidewalk- one with a bounce house, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's not really I've not experienced it as like a sidewalk carnival. I've more so experienced it as like, hey, it's a it's like a potluck meets like a almost like a, a food fair.
0: Yeah, so my uh the street that uh my parents live on, on Long Island, they they used to do it like a couple summers in a row. They had like a block party, and they like closed the street. And they, I think they had, like, a bounce house for kids to go on. Everybody kind of, like, barbecued in front of their houses. And that was the block party. But the block party that was featured, like, there was a disco ball. Uh, this looked like uh, this was going to be a wild uh, all-night dance party, Phil.
1: Yeah, they made it look like Bourbon Street in New Orleans. <laughs> like, it, it would have been popping all night. Like, there's no way anybody would have gotten, <laughs> oh, my God, who would have drank all the soda? Greg would have g- gone crazy on this yeah, soda, so you know.
2: I was confused, though, because it was initially revealed coming out of, like, that big crate, and I thought it was going to be sort of like the teledisco from The Amazing Race season we just covered, Rob, where it was going to be like a mini disco. I did not realize that that represented the larger block party, especially when next episode we're going to get, like, the little trailer with a TV and a couch on it as mm-hmm. a representation of, like, the kids' lounge. <laughs>
0: the kids' lounge. Okay. So, um, alright, get to the talent show?
2: Yeah, let's get to the talent show. Okay, alright. So, uh, the
0: talent show, uh, we're getting so much. We also get Savannah having a meltdown as she wants to go home, but we get one of these every single episode doesn't phase me anymore. I'm over it. I'm over it. Next. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to see everybody getting ready for, uh, the up show. Uh, we have so many different acts, uh, but we don't really do a good job, uh, Phil of like identifying, like there are kids that come out of nowhere
1: yeah like they didn't ever say okay you know this is eric and he's gonna sing this song it's just like they'll just cut through it's like it's like a montage in like a movie or something like that like they're totally
2: just was eric the kid who like was pulling a bruce springsteen and singing about living in new jersey that was him yes he's gonna have a
0: bigger role to play against greg and blaine in the uh, next couple episodes but yeah he makes his first appearance during the talent show
2: i also yeah. like uh when when kelsey plays and kylan's like oh yeah. it's like chopin came back from but, the dead yeah but this eric this eric kid that
0: shows up out of nowhere he's like a big like uh, like jacob derwin like looking guy right <laughs> he just shows up nowhere, like, who's this other big kid
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah penelope from paramus that's his hit song <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um phil do you think they had an mc
0: for the talent show
1: was it was it was like markel wasn't it he was kind of just like bringing everyone in and out but you know i i would have liked to see some kind of speech some kind of monologue before you know what i mean to really bring it all together but it's kind of just shuffling people in and out Mm -hmm. i don't know this episode should have been i would have loved to see the full cut of the talent show just for my own pleasure it probably was not actually entertaining which is what the show supposed to be about
0: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right we saw kelsey play the piano we saw some kid do a bird call, Mike.
2: Yeah, I, well, wait, was that a bird call? It sounded like someone's, like, car alarm was coming. I don't off. know what it was.
1: <laughs> it's kind of just screeching. Yeah, that was yeah. Campbell, I'm pretty sure. He's
2: like, my brother taught me this. Like, is, did your brother trick you and think that was some sort of fox call or something? <laughs> uh, we got to talk about uh, not only Jared's monologue, but Jared's dress attire. Okay. Uh, between, like, the headband and the vest that he was wearing at the same time. It was very much like, like, party on your head, business on your chest, party on your bottom. <laughs>
0: Classic Jared. Uh, here's a little yeah. bit of Jared's uh, monologue of uh, William Shakespeare.
3: What's to say? A very little, little must be do, and all is done. Le- then let the trumpets sound <laughs> and the trumpet <laughs> sonnets, and though we upon this mountain's base is by took
1: stand I- for for idle watch. <laughs> you know. He really tried. He did. And, you know, he worked hard at it. I, I, Am I going to say he gave the greatest performance of all time? (laughs) What? I think he acted better than Cody Calafiore. I'll say that
0: much. Phil, did Jared turn out okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a great question. Kiva did a lot of research into all these people. Uh, is Jared, like, one of the active, like, social media people of, uh, like, I think that he would be the person I would want to talk to the most from Kid Nation.
1: That's the thing is that, you know, I think now recently, now that a lot of people have been watching again because of the pandemic, you know, Jared is definitely the biggest standout character, even, I think, in front of Taylor. Yeah, yeah. But- He's totally like so off the social media, everything like we, I don't think anyone really knows where he is. I'm sure contestants do, but he's kind of like M.I.A. What mm. good for Jared? Yeah, you it know. says
2: uh, according to a Tumblr post here. So, you know, it's reputable. The last we heard from Jared was graduating the University of Alabama in 2017. He's involved in gaming and science fiction. We have no idea if he ever went into the field of quantum physics. He has no work history listed. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I would not be surprised if Jared's living in a bunker somewhere reading Shakespeare to this day. <laughs> Jared, if you're out there, we love you.
1: Yeah, no, we love you, Jared. Come <laughs> come podcast next episode. I,
2: I love the fact that the, his choice of play too, right? Cuz like he didn't do Romeo and Juliet or Hamlet. He chose Henry V, <laughs> which is like part of this quadrology called the Henryad of like uh of a British history plays as they were so like you know that jared is a devout shakespeare scholar when he picks like bit, like maybe 15th or 16th on the shakespeare depth chart of like no 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 this is the one when you're an actor and you're doing a shakespeare monologue like these are the ones you seek out right because everyone else is going to do the the big plays this is the one that you're like no let me pick the one that nobody ever does that's essentially what jared decided to do here
0: yeah um J- uh jared uh he brings the house down with his uh monologue uh then greg and blaine follow up with uh shakespeare of their own uh phil did you like the booking of greg and blaine right after jared
1: yeah i honestly it's sad because i think greg and blaine their performances were a little bit better than jared's you know mm-hmm. i i don't like jared was kind of just reading the lines it's good that he memorized all that but greg and blaine You know, they were atrocious, but, you know, there was some acting. There was there was some love involved. You know, Uh, Zach called Greg one of the funniest people in Bonanza, which was really surprising. I don't that's not what I would consider, Greg. You know, but I think the kids also just loved the fact that Greg was in a dress. And so they thought that was funny and that was enough. And, you know, whatever.
2: I don't know how (laughs) much humor
0: there was there other than uh, that. Greg and Blaine were wearing dresses and uh, it was an easy crowd to appease.
2: (laughs) Wait, sorry, I'm I'm getting really involved in a YouTube rabbit hole, and there was a, uh, there's a Jared Goldman death hoax? Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: yeah, that was a big thing, I remember. Even, like, before the show got big again, like, everyone, there was a YouTube video that came out, like, called, like, R.I.P. Jared, and all the YouTube comments were like, oh my god, the king is dead! Like, everyone was so mm-hmm. sad, even though they found out it was not true at all. Jared's <laughs> alive and fine, I'm sure. But this had been Jared's idea, <laughs> Holy ideas, banana I bread! Do
2: yeah do you think he's like oh we're so starved for entertainment uh i must leave this world shuffle <laughs> off this mortal coil to quote my my master william shakespeare and just like made up this hoax so he could go underground and live out the rest <laughs> of his days
1: yeah he he was pre-gaming he was getting ready for season twos not so no one would know <laughs> where he was <laughs>
0: okay all right uh thank goodness uh jared is is okay it was just a hoax all right uh probably greg and blaine were behind that so uh <laughs> we see a, a a a girl singing do we know who this was phil uh i didn't write it down so i, I, think,
2: it, I think it was davod it was, uh, was, uh, uh, was dasmin no, no,
1: no, like- actually it was dasmin was the one who was singing yeah and she, she was really um she was doing all the singing, like the singery stuff that singers do, but like mm. without the actual talent part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sorry, Ooh. not to roast you, Jasmine. Wow.
2: Okay,
1: P- okay. that i was hard. Calling her real yeah. Sophia.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay.
0: You were all right, Jasmine. You were all right. All right. Uh, now let's get to the headliners. Olivia, stand up. Mike, I'm so glad that you're here because once upon a time, Mike Bloom and I used to podcast about Last Comic Standing. Yes. We talked about the different comedians that were out there. Okay. First off, that you knew. Olivia stand up uh, could not go on without a roast of her nemesis, (laughs) Anjay.
1: Now, while we're talking about smiling, Anjay over here is smiling all the time. If you told the guy to go jump on. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and the kids lose their minds at this she found primo content right like you dunk on Anjay; everyone loves it
0: yeah fu- <laughs> but all of her jokes were like uh greg and blaine that they are uh, I, I forget what, what what her uh premise was but they're like uh
1: they're, they're, i can invent yeah. I was, she said like i can invent three million jokes
0: about him but, but i don't but, like but i don't have to <laughs>
1: Look at them. They're the jokes. Yeah. yeah. The thing with, with Sophia is that her jokes weren't actually funny. They were just like, she was just being mean, but all the kids agreed with it. So it was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Like. No,
2: it was more so going for like the clapter, right? Is the term of like, yes, I agree. Good <laughs> on you. Rob, what, what would Roseanne have had to say about Olivia's stand-up where she performed at last show? I don't
0: even remember what that <laughs> runner was. <laughs> <laughs> all I, know, I could do Olivia doing like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, who, uh, give me a subject to talk about as Olivia.
2: Uh, talk to me about, uh, talk to me about, uh, painting.
0: Paint, painting. Oh my God. Have you seen just how boring painting is? I mean, you could go out there with your paints and be like, how boring is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, she's just like she's gonna like uh basically give you tell you what the punchline is and then just reset it again
2: yeah, you know who looks like a painting Anjay, because he smiles all the time it's like he's in one position
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> russell peters would have loved that joke no uh i i think she literally just said Anjay, go jump off a cliff <laughs> and all the kids were loving
0: it they loved it yeah <laughs>
2: okay i I wonder like how much of that was prepared right like was it that she said she had a whole set she gets thrown off by being told to be louder and she's like all right i guess i gotta default to my a material let's bag on Anjay for an entire two minutes
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right then we get to our showstopper here's kennedy i came very close to uh trying to screenshot this uh mike and say that this is the worst episode of the Masked dancer that they've had <laughs> um, she's kind of like cause she's got like that like masquerade ball mask and like yeah. a boa on and then is just doing like a uh, phil do we know what dance this is i have no clue uh, sorry i did not mike, do was the research running oh.
2: man it's it's also like the it's the like uh whatever the the pancake was that what Liddy was doing in Survivor <laughs> Guatemala.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: they had like the groovy funk music in the background. It was a, a very strange combination.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But everyone loves it. Everybody they were it. over the moon because she's like rapping, like I walk like a penguin. and She performs it the next day as well. We see it during this. the cut. Like, I hated this. People, people. <laughs> I mean, this is it's my this least, least favorite is, like, of the, everything. Well, this is the epitome of, like, that kids' talent show, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, oh, so, you know, hey, we're at a party, Kennedy wants to perform something for everyone. Like, this is, like, the silly, goofy thing that kids come up with in their basement, and it is now just sort of put on live yeah. television in front of millions of people.
1: Okay, Yeah, it was definitely one of the strangest things I think I've seen on, like, just, like, primetime television. Like, millions of Americans are dedicating their time to just watching, like, Kennedy in that masquerade ball doing whatever for two minutes.
0: It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was All right, funny. after the talent show... Time to figure out who should get the gold star. We see Devon again nominating herself. Phil, she has a one-track mind. Give this woman a gold star already.
1: You know what? But it pisses me off too much. Like every single week, if you're going to be campaigning for the gold star, it's like, all right, you
2: know, I'm not giving it to you anymore. That's her talent. What
1: did you do? What did you do? I I I don't know. I'm confused. Come on, give me something. I think
2: what you need to do is like make a pact within like a group of four of like, all right, we're each going to like nominate. A person for the gold star each and every week and we will sort of alternate between this group so that everyone's going to get a chance because like you said like if you're the one suggesting it it can't be your idea because that's just going to look terrible on you to quote uh you know future kids kid nation season two mentor boston rob you got to convince someone else that it's their idea <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so uh we're gonna start to hear uh Michael is uh nominating uh Olivia because she did the stand up. Uh, but Kennedy is getting some uh some push for not for being the person who because yeah, it was so weird. Like during the talent show, who is it, Savannah who was gonna go home, right, Phil? She just like stands up during the talent show, like, hey everybody, just so you know I'm not going home anymore.
1: Yeah, and that never really gets brought up. It's just kind of this like one time storyline, you know, Kennedy is doing it. To help Savannah, to, like, you know, make her feel comfortable or whatever. I'm not sure why her dancing weirdly would make Savannah stay, but it did. And Mm -hmm. all the kids were like, oh, yay, Savannah, you're staying. All those, like, some kids were like, were you leaving? Like, I had no idea.
2: Yeah, I did did find it (laughs) odd that it was an announcement in a public forum, right? Of, like, (laughs) hold on, everybody. Stop the festivities. I'm bringing this home with a big announcement. Hold on to your trousers. I'm not leaving Bonanza City. (laughs)
0: thank goodness because we wouldn't have been able to have kentucky night again if savannah would have left they would have canceled the show i think if savannah left like they would
1: have had to have a shutdown and the network would have had to like you know regroup and try to restructure the show if savannah wasn't there
0: okay all right so we go to town meeting and phil i thought this was a wild way to open the town meeting uh that jonathan uh starts with uh saying like all right. Does anybody
2: have any other talents that we're like
0: No, we just had a talent <laughs> show. We just had Heart the talent to- show. Well, I think
2: I think his programming was stuck in talent show mode. So he's just like, <laughs> "All right, talent show engage." Who needs <laughs> to sing?
1: I'm sure like Laurel might have told one of the producers in a confessional like, "I can actually sing." And then they told Jonathan and he was like, "Hey, does anybody?" But yeah, Laurel ends up singing. And she just shows everybody up yeah. Once again Like Laurel's just the greatest person In, in the whole cast,
0: right. I think <laughs> Yeah, DK uh, really says uh, I want Laurel to sing And then everybody <laughs> peer pressures her And here she I is At
3: first, I just thought to myself You know, I really think I can do this Amazing grace How sweet
0: the sound. Whoever is blown away?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I want her to perform at my inauguration, personally. Or funeral? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, why did they ask J Lo? They could have totally just asked, you know, <laughs> Laurel. Yeah. It would have been, it, it would have been amazing. Beats
0: the hell out of Garth Brooks.
2: <laughs> Excuse you, Rob And here coming out, ladies and gentlemen Singing Amazing Grace Here's Laurel from the 2007 CBS reality show Kid Nation
0: <laughs> Yeah, oh, the place would have gone nuts Twitter would have exploded <laughs> Okay, Kennedy gets the gold star uh, She calls her mom uh, Great uh, We don't really spend a lot of time with Kennedy's mom, right? No The, no. the show knows that Kennedy flash in the pan
1: the thing is it's like when we we kind of already already know when someone's going to win a gold star because we kind of learned more about their you know their home life their personality you know their story their motivation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and with this kennedy one it's just totally like all right you did a weird dance like we're not going to give you anything else like word you get the gold star that's it that was your thing that was it
2: She okay. also doesn't she say like oh you know the reason I got the gold stars because they give to like people with great personalities and it's like that's not exactly Stretch. the criteria that's maybe what's for this mom. time mm-hmm. yeah
0: <laughs> um, at the end of the episode Phil we get like Davod kind of pissed off I'm like oh is this going to be the beginning of Davod's heel turn where she's going to become a real <laughs> villain because they had that like with Greg at the end of one episode where he's like I didn't get the gold star now they'll pay uh, and we kind of <laughs> got that from Davod but then uh, I don't even think we see Davod for the next two episodes. No, it
1: doesn't really follow up in this in this segment, although it was. Yeah, it was funny to just see the totally entitled <laughs> Devon now, who's just I think she's a little bit entitled. Just be like, I deserved it. But for what? Like, again, like, what did you do? Come on. stop! Don't be a sour. I mean, she gets
2: Sorry. splashed with hot grease. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's... <laughs> well, no, she's asking for the gold star from the lawyers. Just direct payout. <laughs> mm,
0: direct payout. Uh, have you been burned by potatoes on Bonanza City? If so, contact the law firm of Jonathan and Jonathan.
1: I like also in this one, Jonathan, when he announced the gold star, he was like, that's a good start for the college fund, you know, that was, came out of nowhere.
2: Well, I think now, because I think, uh, didn't Greg say that, like, now he's just like, oh, these kids actually use it for something, like, you know, now he's just sort of filling in reasons, like, oh, you can finally get that Range Rover you've always wanted.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but like, you know, is Mallory really thinking, oh man, I hope I get into BU, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I really needed that for college. I don't know. Yeah.
0: We'll be right back talking Kid Nation. Still got two more episodes of Kid Nation to talk through in this podcast. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure, you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners' or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico Easy. Visit Geico. Go.com today, that's geico.com. You could use Greg for all that hard work around your house. Also, I want to take a moment and thank our friends over at IPVanish who are back on the show. What is IPVanish? IPVanish, that's a virtual private network, VPN for short. VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You could use VPN on your computer, tablet, phone, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. You could use the VPN and have all your data encrypted. What you're reading, you're searching, what you're watching, whatever you're doing, all encrypted. That's important because what you're doing on the internet, that's not any of my business and it's no one else's business either. IPVanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the internet. IPVanish. is just $3.49 a month. There's $3.49 a month, $27.99 a year, where you could help protect your online privacy and security. Here's everything you get with IP Vanish: an anonymous IP address. That means your personal IP address can't be tracked by anybody on the web. IPVanish has more than 1,500 servers in 70 plus locations. Get protection when you use public Wi-Fi. Remember, IPVanish has all of your data encrypted so nobody can snoop on what you're doing with 24-7 support. Email them, chat with them, even call them. They are there to help. If you remember, they've supported the show a few weeks ago they came back with a better deal wanting to offer something special for the new year you're getting 65 off now go to ipvanish.com slash rob disclaim your 65 savings they have plans starting at just three dollars and 49 cents a month or 27.99 a year this is the time to sign up with our discount and their current promotion you can get a vpn for 65 off their usual offering ipvanish is the one of the best of the best even rated 4.7 out of 5 on trust pilot and that's with more than six thousand reviews show these guys some love for being repeats sponsors remember it's ipvanish.com to get the deal and start protecting yourself online let's get back to bonanza city talking about kid nation all right let's talk about episode nine and episode nine i think it's a like kind of a stretch like all these other episodes have like a theme sort of like uh just sort of like put everything into like there's one sort of main idea Phil, this one's a stretch here of... We're talking about, like, what's fair and what's not fair?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Like, yeah, like, last episode, we're talking about how much they were really just like, all right, we know, within the first 30 seconds, we know what this is. But in this episode, it's, like, kind of vague. Like, yeah, the title is, like, what? Like, again, something, like, just about fairness. It seems, that's like, funny. very It's, it's called
2: Not Even Close to Fair.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so... Um, We start this episode with a lot of talk about how uh, many people on the green team have won the gold star. Mike, do you think that there was uh, some sort of like insider trading where Laurel was trying to funnel all the gold stars to the green team?
2: Well, I think it's actually like I don't think it's entirely unfounded because we'll find out this episode. It's been cemented that the green team is particularly close. Like I think of all the people, of all the teams, Laurel feels like most defensive about her team And so I do think if she's coming to the council meetings wanting to stump for a green team member and everyone else is like, eh, I don't know about anyone else, like, her word is always going to win out Mm -hmm. from that perspective. So I don't find it too coincidental. That being said, I mean, this is the classic, like, Survivor Big Brother, like, everyone's too big for their britches now. They're showing off the gold star in the middle of this town square. I don't know who said this. Michael, I think, asked Kennedy if anyone thinks the gold star will significantly increase their sex appeal. Yeah, here it is. Zambayos think the gold star will significantly increase their sex appeal. What? No! No, Michael! No!
1: I don't know about that one, Michael.
0: Why are they saying that? Why Are they gold star diggers? Yeah, who taught (laughs) you that, Michael? (laughs) Yeah, I... Uh, Yeah. Cut that
1: out. Why why include it? I don't know. No one was thinking that. I don't
2: I don't don't want these kids talking about each other's sex appeal. Yeah. Uh, That's
0: a good question, though, about did any of the kids I'm talking about like in a like summer camp sort of way, Phil, we've had almost no romance whatsoever in Bonanza city. There's not uh, what well, this, this girl has a crush on this boy. I mean, have the, any of the cast members come out and talked about this?
1: Yeah. I remember reading an AMA. I don't remember who, I think it was Michael's AMA. Um, oh no. And, and no, no <laughs> but I, I don't really remember any specifics, but people did hook up like the older kids did. We're, we're hooking up with, or not like all of them or Ooh, whatever, but it know, did happen. Some, could, some stuff did happen.
2: Could Olivia have such an ax to grind against Anjay because they were former <laughs> lovers?
0: <did>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was smiling all the time. Even when they <laughs> yeah, broke up. it just up. creeped yeah. her out. Made her mad. Okay. So uh, they go to the book. And Mike, what does the book say that the problem in Bonanza City was they didn't switch up the people in their districts enough?
2: Yeah, it just like everyone stayed too siloed, essentially. So it's time to mix up your districts. And even before that, we get like the ominous words of the Green District calling themselves the Gold District because mm-hmm. they're the ones winning all the gold stars. And so you really get a feeling like the Green Team is due for a downfall. Yes. Not going to happen immediately, though, because as the brokering starts, uh, Laurel's going to keep her hands clean of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Phil, the problem, Bonanza City has become too tribal. That everybody is in their own little bubble and not enough intermingling that we have uh, some groups are, are not strong enough. We need to start moving some people around.
1: Yes, because, you know, they don't have social media, you know, they can't be connected to each other in that way. That's what they were missing in 2007. You know, all the kids were kind of segmented and split apart.
0: All right, kids, you're going to invent a social network to share ideas with other people in mass.
2: Oh, great. So uh, I'm from the Red District. Uh, I'm going to invent something I like to call saloon or maybe like parlor. I think I'm going (laughs) to go with that one and see how that goes. (laughs) Red. banned (laughs) oh oh, no sorry the council has banned parlor from bonanza city (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right so we need to trade some people it's time to mix up the districts and zach doesn't like it laurel doesn't like it um this is like phil like the most benign of things three kids end up changing teams out of like some 37 <laughs> kids and the whole system breaks down
2: <laughs> yeah. you inter- you, when you interrupt the status quo like it all falls
0: apart we, apparently we switched the bandanas to three kids and there was anarchy
1: <laughs> yeah it's weird that they only picked one it's something that I'm the always like I'm thinking
0: burned it down <laughs>
1: I wonder, like, if the producers, because, you know, it says, you know, the tro- the team leader said that, like, they picked it, but I wonder if the producers had something in mind for, like, who they wanted to switch out, because I guess all of these switches are somewhat big deals. Like, I wonder what would have happened if it was, like, you know, some random person. Like, if Jasmine switched teams, like, would anyone <clears throat> care? I don't
3: know. Yeah, I don't there, know. there are <laughs>
2: definitive reasons behind this, right? Like, uh, Zach, Zach is sort of pissed off at first, but he's like, Well, we did lose the last challenge, and, like, I'm kind of just, like, very much not on the physical team right now, so, like, some strength would be nice. Guylan is into intellectualism now for some reason, Mm -hmm. so he wants a brain. And then, uh, and Anjay is sort of, like, uh, he's trying to, like, essentially put himself as Sisyphus and, like, put an even bigger boulder in front of himself (laughs) by being like, yeah, give me a challenge. I really need a challenge (laughs) right now.
0: Yeah. All right, so, Emily... Is gonna go to the blue team. Emily hates the red team for some reason. We don't really get why. Uh, Because they tell her to
1: like do work. I remember like you know someone said to her. I think it was like Markel. It was like, hey Emily, can you come get me? Like, come help me get water for the laundry. And she's just like, "No." (laughs) no.
0: So she's gonna get traded for Nathan, who nobody likes, uh, except for Alex, who is pissed that uh Nathan gets taken away from him. But nobody really wants uh Nathan, but he's gonna go to the red team. And it's a bad then, first round draft pick, I'd say. Yeah. Like first, like come on. Um and then the other thing that happens is that Greg and Blaine get split up. Like, I think that Bonanza City could have survived the Emily for Nathan swap. But mm. when Blaine gets taken from Greg and brought to the yellow team, Greg is not having it. And uh, Greg is ready to bring Bonanza City to its knees,
2: Mike. But the interesting thing, though, is that Blaine does not feel the same way whatsoever. Yeah. This is actually a big breakout episode for Blaine's He's like... Oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't get to be in Greg Shadow. Like, you really get to see now, like, if the toady steps out from, like, being the bully sidekick, you know, who are they as a person? And I, I do love the disparity of, like, Greg having essentially a meltdown to the point where I think he tries to, like, drag his stuff into the yellow team both yeah. to, to be able to sleep with Blaine. And Blaine's like, no, this is cool. I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's OK. Like He's like, yeah, Greg's overreacting, I think.
0: Mike, could you give us the survivor or big brother analogy for this? Uh, is this like survivor co-wrong and then Scott gets voted out and then Jason is on his own and it's like a little bit more bearable to deal with?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it could be the thing of, yeah, like once the two are really separated, uh, you know, then then they really just become like that much less of a threat as well i think i think that is a, a great example of course you could talk about, like the danny boat stuff right like oh without gary hogaboom i think we're fine with danny now but mm-hmm. i do think that like specifically maybe the scott and jason comparison is more apt concerning that those two were not regarded very highly
0: okay everybody is mad uh so uh we have a big hullabaloo also when then they go all right laurel who is going to your team and she comes out and says I we are not changing anything and the room just goes nuts like what
2: what i love that greg of course takes this out on Anjay. Anjay, you traded yeah. You trader
0: you you are a trader you could have just done a laurel every
2: completely everybody is so pissed yeah ironically now in this version laurel does not make a key decision she instead chooses to not do one mm-hmm
1: you guys think laurel made the right decision or the wrong no decision she's out of office by the start of the next <laughs> episode yeah, and
2: even her green team by the end of the episode is like yeah laurel i don't think you should have done that i i, I would love to ask you guys as well because like you guys have been watching the arc of laurel since episode one has this been gradual to you because it seems like we're sort of built up to now again going back to like the reality tv trope like laurel is the john carroll right like she is high and mighty too high on her britches and even her own team is getting sick of it like did this come out of nowhere or was this sort of you know planting seeds from the beginning
1: i felt like it was a total blind side i don't know personally i thought laurel was a pretty great leader and it seemed like she wanted to keep her people together because she knows how to like work her people and she mm-hmm. knows how to win a challenge with her people and she knows everything how to navigate everything. And so it did seem kind of shocking, not shocking that she kept her people, because that made sense to me, but shocking that, you know, eventually she's going to lose political office.
0: Yeah, she was, I I think, very popular among her group. Uh, But I think that she ended up sort of like a really... Trying to uh, uh, flaunt her power too much to everybody, where I think everybody ended up getting pissed off at her. Where like, her team was like collecting gold stars, and but then now they're out in the street bragging about like, uh, look how much sex appeal we have and all our gold stars. And then once this happened, and, and then really with Greg, be, like reminding everybody how Laurel didn't even do it. Uh, I think then eventually everybody's going to come around and say, okay, Laurel's got to go. She was the sacrificial lamb.
2: I also realized going back to Greg and Blaine, uh, it's very much their quintessential Taylor Lee Stalker and Jay Starrett from the Millennials versus Gen mm-hmm. X, right? Like, here yeah. are these young guys that and as soon one. as like one goes, it's like, yeah, you know what? Blaine's not so bad. You know, he's got that long hair. He's got that kind of like, uh, you know, nine to five going bowling type of attitude. He's a fun guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, um, boy, everybody is pissed uh people say laurel i hate you uh it's er- everything is going crazy greg is going nuts um he's
1: handling it worse than blaine to be honest like greg like tries to go sleep with blaine in the same in the same bunk and it's like get out of here like zach's uh, like right. i can't have you sleeping here yeah, yeah i
2: think my f- my favorite though is the red team reaction uh because this is really guyland's breaking point right yeah. where he's just like i have no idea what i'm doing i love that everyone on the red team is yelling at guylin for picking nathan with nathan standing about three feet in front Mm of them like nathan sucks we hate them and and then i don't know rob did you pull jared's threat to guylin
0: why is jared like totally (laughs) triggered about this and and they're like i don't know they're like by a jail cell and like jared like puts himself in jail uh this is jared calling out guylin i didn't just give you one piece of advice your sour door tonight what (laughs) and we know jared can rage i mean we saw him flip over Devad's table last week but is
2: jared gonna kill gylan in his sleep markel you better hold me back i'm gonna cut a bitch i'm gonna paint the town with gylan
1: he gets one of the candy sticks he buys from the shop and he really like brings it up to like gylan's like neck almost he's like you're off the council ASAP. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Mike also hates Nathan. Uh, what What is Mike's issue, Phil?
1: I don't know. I guess just Nathan is not like a real team player. Nathan kind of does stuff yeah. on his own. But like, it's like, who cares? Nathan's fine. I don't know. Nathan, the, the funniest part about this whole thing is that even Nathan doesn't really want to be there. Like as yeah. much as they're, you know, talking about Nathan, like, oh, Nathan sucks. Nathan's like, I suck. I, I don't want to be there. Nathan
0: does suck. I mean, he, he, he is, is probably he- one of the suckiest kids In all of Kid Nation He talks about how he's allergic to dust mites He's the kid that wants to do All of the laundry like, He uh, sings when he sleeps Na- Nathan, su- Nathan does suck it, uh, There's no doubt about that uh, He also has another issue That apparently he sings in his sleep <laughs>
3: <laughs> Honestly, you do without Emily,
0: but why do we need Nathan? He sings in his sleep.
2: <laughs> what is wrong with this child? He's singing aloud? too. Nathan- I expected him to murmur, but he's like belting. Why Nathan should have been in the talent show? Just put him to sleep, <laughs> roll his bed in there, put a microphone in front of him. That's a gold star. Nathan has big young Sheldon energy, right? Of like, here's this mm, like particular that kid. <laughs> Maybe they were looking at him like, I think we can make a character out of him one day.
0: <laughs> he was the star of CBS ahead of his time. Uh
3: Nathan. What is
0: he singing? He's rolling his R's. In fairness, Mike, he is asleep. Okay? <laughs>
2: I guess that's true. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Was he sleeping? Was he singing it, like, to, put, to lull himself into sleep? Is this a lullaby? Oh, a interesting. self-inflicted lullaby?
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, Everybody maybe that's Nathan. what his parents did to him, and now, now he yeah, will kind of do it on his own. I, I have no idea. I don't
2: know. If I'm Jared, like, I want this distraction so I can go gut Guilin like a pig <laughs> in sleep.
1: I also love how, how Alex is in the room, and even Alex is like, and he knows, like, Gylan's not very smart. Like, he outright says it, like, guylin made a boneheaded decision i don't think he's a smart leader at all
0: the whole town is uh at each other's throats uh, where it's uh, like a powder keg waiting to explode uh hunter thinks that the whole town is gonna break down uh we do have some thawing uh that mike is starting to feel bad for uh nathan and it does start to accept him
2: yeah, I think, well, they have this, like, impromptu church sermon, right? Yeah. Where they have, what, like, Pastor 900% Hunter. more attendance than the one from episode mm-hmm. four. And Hunter is essentially like, hey, remember, you should be nice to people. And Mike's like, oh, yeah, oh, I was an ass before. And so he, like, ceremoniously ties the bandana onto Nathan's fly-ass bomber jacket to show he's a part of the red team.
0: He's part of it. Also, things are really uh, getting tense between Anja and Greg. Uh, Phil, at one point, Greg tells Anjay he's going to punch him in the face.
1: <laughs> you know, Andre, because, you know, André, Greg is, like, talking about, like, uh, it's a metaphor, and then Anjay's like, do you know what a metaphor is? And Greg is just like, insult me one more time, Andre.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it seems like, you know, it's. There are two opposing minds that they can't really find any good meeting spot. Mm. You know, they, they can't really connect at all.
2: And then also high in her hog from her stand up debut. Olivia is like, oh, you look like a sad puppy. Go on, stand there and scratch your head.
0: <laughs> she hates Andrzej so much. Mike, could you believe Olivia wrote a book and Andre wrote the forward for
2: it? Yeah, I actually read the forward and like Andre's super mature about it. She's like, she and I did not see eye to eye, but in exchanging some stuff afterwards, like, man, this really brought me back. That being said, Anjay seems like such a nice guy. I do wonder if he would write about like literally anyone's. And so it just happened to work out that like the very last person he would ever write a memoir about, he would write a memoir about any of these four kids. If Jimmy, the kid who went home in like episode one, wrote a memoir, Anjay would probably write the foreword for it.
0: Do you think that Olivia was like, Andre, you idiot, write the foreword for my book. That's right. Just keep smiling too while you're doing it
2: exactly like here's this guy he's always smiling even when he writes the forward for me maybe that's i haven't read the book maybe that's the tone that she has when she's writing in general of like <laughs> working on kid nation was so dusty it was like how much dust could there be no more dust <laughs> is, that, is that nathan commenting on the dust yeah could be nathan nathan writes the forward it's just achoo ah,
0: <laughs> yeah okay all right all right kids it's time for the showdown okay Uh, this i feel i feel like that they got the math off on this uh because the kids needed to move a ton of rocks and in hindsight maybe that was too much
1: maybe i don't know i i think this whole challenge might have been too much to be honest you know it's mostly just like we get kids just kind of hurling rocks just like throwing them either on onto a barrel or off onto the wagon or whatever it's and it seems like really unsafe especially if it's like that many rocks and they're trying to get a ton like probably mm-hmm. was not the smartest decision for this town
0: yeah and so uh, you could go fast or you could carry the most weight uh so an interesting concept mike
2: yeah and it's an interesting sort of like uh, hey do you pride individuality or do you pride the team That being said, Green District unlocked the right strategy, which is just like, hey, load up, you know, 500 pounds, whatever you estimate. And then, like, you know, as you go, if you find that it's getting heavy, just throw rocks to the side and keep going. You can't go back. So, like, might as well load up as much as you can initially. Uh, But, I mean, everyone sort of blows it here, right? Like, you could blame Blue District for not necessarily pulling their weight even though they do have the second highest amount uh of it but nobody ends up getting under you know over their like 500 pound quota essentially and they lose out big
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um the the best team uh was the red team who did 485 uh so they they missed this one by a lot phil
1: yeah i don't know i probably would have just gone the easy route right i mean who cares about the rewards like of course this one might be a little bit bigger of a deal but i probably would have just been like oh let me get upper class not really care about any of this stuff
2: mm-hmm. yeah well gylan <laughs> decides oh this is the this is the iron is hot let me strike right now and it's like it's oh, up see we all lost because the kids are too individualistic and did Sophia tell him to F off? I don't know. Let's listen
0: in. Let's listen in. Okay, here's here's Gylin at the end of the challenge. Because we have, for the first time in Kid Nation, somebody is swearing and it got bleeped.
2: I know that every person here,
0: no matter what they say, is concerned Lynn. about their status.
3: No, not really. Are you guys really sure about that? Yes! yes. I was sort of offended that Gylon said that. We were not concerned about getting upper class.
1: And for the people who are just listening, she really <laughs> points her finger right at him. Like she's directing the F off right yeah. the
0: goblin. <laughs> Uh, and greg comes back from commercial break and says everybody will uh wanted to say what sophia said yeah.
2: no everyone's like celebrating <laughs> like sophia might have gotten a gold star right there right then just <laughs> for telling off guyland <laughs>
1: We're <laughs> just saying that people are concerned about their status. Yeah. That's how much people are fed up with Guy All
2: right, bravery and use, and use of language. Sophia gets the gold star.
0: <laughs> we don't use that kind of language here in Bonanza City. <laughs> April nineteenth, eighteen eighty five. Too many settlers were using profanity in Bonanza City.
2: And what's, what's what's the showdown? Like you have to say as many swear words as possible in a thirty second period.
1: They're gonna make the kids eat, eat soap, knowing CBS. You know they're gonna be running back and forth with soap in their mouths, <laughs> trying to wash it out or something.
2: Oh, I love it. It was it was just so like brash. And really just shows, like, I, I don't know. We can talk at the end of the episode about how much the second election was like, was this planned or was this sort of foisted upon it? But if if it wasn't, you could see the wheel start to turn in production's heads, right? Of like, well, people really do not like the council. This would be a great time to see mm-hmm. if we could overthrow these guys.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would probably think that it wasn't. I don't know. I. I think it probably actually, I'm thinking in my head, it it definitely was planned, I'd say. Um, But definitely, like, in this moment, it probably, it was probably decided by production, like, all right, these people are not doing well. Like, let's do it. Let's jump (laughs) in right now.
0: Let's mix it up. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. We, here's what you, two in a row, no prize. Here's what you could have had. It was either beds for everyone or a kid lounge that's not picking up everybody. Uh, Mike, would there have been a, a, any children uh, killed or maimed uh, if they would have dropped off the kid lounge?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, no, because the kid lounge looked like the the dumbest thing, the most <laughs> dull thing. I. It seems like a place that like Jonathan lives in, right? Like it's his trailer. And it's so <laughs> basic. It was what it was a singular TV. There were pillows on like a chase lounge and Chinese checkers like there was barely Mm -hmm. entertainment and even Jonathan's like and not everyone's gonna fit in there (laughs) so it's like no who would want this nobody wants this there's not a confessional of anybody being like oh man I'm so sad we missed out on that trailer Mm -hmm. but I bet it's not freezing at nighttime.
1: (laughs) that's true that's true I don't know I would have liked to see the shot yeah (laughs) I would have liked to see all the kids trying to really squeeze in there like, sardines and try to, you know, all p- hop in a game of Chinese checkers. I don't know. I don't know what else they would have put in there, to be yeah. honest. Like, a lounge? Like, who, what kids, what eight-year-olds, like, oh, I really want a lounge space where I can, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's ridiculous. No,
2: if you want a kid lounge, if you want to appeal to children, especially in the 90s and 2000s, it has to look like Arnold's room from this cartoon Hey Arnold. That place was the shit. It had a cool flip bed slash couch it had tvs it had a clock that said his name like we need all that we need to be decked out it needs to be pimped out we don't want chinese checkers and throw pillows
1: <laughs> they throw a lava lamp in there yeah. it look cool that's basically
0: yeah. <laughs> uh they were gonna pick beds for everybody i mean uh it was that was not even a close decision for the kids all right so randy of is crying it was the
1: one they missed too of course just the one they missed it was the beds like mm-hmm. out of all of them yeah
0: Okay, uh, Randy is the kid who is uh, on, on the verge of uh, going home. Uh, so uh, we see that um, she's in trouble. She's in, she's in trouble, and she's uh, not not doing so hot. And uh, do we know anything else about Randy? Have we seen her before, Phil? Uh, no. She's just one of again
1: another person in Taylor's clique or whatever. We you know we have um we have Randy, we have Natasha, and we have mm-hmm. what whoever else Michael. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Miglay. <laughs> you
2: said her name three <laughs> different times. I think it's just to cover your bases. You're, mm-hmm. you're guaranteed to get it right. Is it, is
0: it Miglay? Yeah, I think it's, it's Miglay, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Miglay. A very common name. My bad. <laughs> my bad. I'm screwing yeah. up uh, Miglay. Okay. So then uh, what else we is get- going on? Hunter?
2: Yeah, Hunter, has a, Hunter has this little personal story bumper of, like, my dad lost his job a year ago and he taught me how to work hard. But I think the bigger moment from the morning is Sophia saying... Gailan I'm so sorry I hurled a, a curse word at you in the middle of a challenge.
1: Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of just has to take it even though he already knows in that moment, you know what? Being a leader's not for me. Whatever happened happened. I'm over this. I'm Oh I-
2: yeah, no Gailan is like if there <laughs> if there ever was a lame duck, there was this was Gigan's Gu- a dead duck. He's just like please get me get me off of this thing right now if i had a time machine i would go back and do it but i can't so i'm stuck here Mm -hmm.
0: yeah guylin is having second thoughts and there's some talk about blaine becoming the uh, new leader for uh the yellow team boy phil uh zach had a meteoric rise and has really crashed back down to earth
1: yeah, what what's he doing? The man is sleeping on the job. You know, Blaine's <laughs> Blaine's waking him up and he's like, Yo, the sh- the shops are closed. Like, come on, get up. Like, what happened? Is being a leader really that hard? I mean, yeah, Kay was probably like, I told you so, it's hard. Yeah.
2: Well, I think it was that like it doesn't help that while Randy is crying about wanting to go home, it cuts to Zach like b- buoying it up with the other guys laughing at Randy Craig and be like, Someone cries every night. Like I don't <laughs> he doesn't seem like a very sympathetic ear. Mm-hmm. I believe, which, which I think, and it wasn't, was Randy the person that ended up being the swing vote to vote for him as well? Uh, I'm
1: pretty sure. Yeah.
2: So he's he's essentially, you know, biting the hand that feeds him in a way.
1: Yeah, I also like that Um, in that moment, you know, Michael's just like, I'm concerned about the mental state of the Yellow District. Like, this is the first time they're actually, like, addressing like, the, the, the mental health of the children. You know, we talk about the physical health a lot, but like, you know, Zach is really, like, making these weird faces, like, these, like, laughing faces when Randy's crying about missing her family. You know, it seems like, you know, these kids should have someone to talk to. I know they had therapists, yeah. but like, yeah.
0: oh, well, that Randy is upset. She has the greatest therapist in the world to talk to. <laughs> uh, that's Greg. Uh, because Randy is crying this was absurd to me. So Randy is crying and then Greg uh, the, the pendulum swings the other way. He's now like uh, the uh, gonna he's gonna like to like talk to her and be like, oh you know and, and, and he physically picks her up and puts her to bed. He's 15, she's
2: 12. Maybe the rule is less of, maybe it's less so about age and more so about like if he can pick you up, then he pities you. If he can't, then he <laughs> hates you. For mm-hmm. sure you uh, can pick yeah. up Nathan. Yeah.
0: On the
1: first episode, he tried to pick up Mike,
0: but Mike wasn't having it, so that's yeah, he's why like, they All
2: had. All right, me. you're on my, you're on my bad list. Yeah. <laughs> <now. laughs>
0: uh, but Randy says oh, that Greg can be a good guy sometimes. So uh, that was that was wild. We get to see really the highs and lows of Greg.
1: Yeah, I guess he has some like good like old big. I mean, not old brother, like some you know big bigger brother vibes. You know mm-hmm. where he's trying to I don't know play that role or something like that.
0: Yeah. Know. Okay, all right. Uh, who should get the gold star? Uh, Morgan is uh, talking about Blaine. Uh, we see Hunter in the mix for the gold star as well. Uh, it's coming down to Blaine or Hunter. Uh, so we'll see who's going to get the gold star. You um, guys
1: like Hunter? I was, that's something I'm also curious I, about.
2: It seems fine. He I have de- no he opinion. Definitely, se- he definitely seems like that sort of like, good old country boy that they cast a lot in Survivor and Big Brother, right? But like I literally know nothing about him besides that, you know? Besides like that sort of like fill-in-the-blank type of background that he comes from. And I can imagine, I don't know how much more he's going to pop off the screen either (laughs) unless he has Mm -hmm. the Gold Star involvement going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boy, uh, things get heated at our town council and boy uh, Phil, everything's exploding.
1: Yeah, you know, everyone's just mad at the leaders for making these swaps, and this is the time where they can all have their outlet. You know, Greg calls Mallory more of a man than Anjay, which yeah. I'm not. I'm sure <laughs> he wasn't really
0: appreciated. Yes, and just for a reset, Mallory is the eight-year-old little sister of Olivia.
2: <laughs> yeah, so He pointed at this eight-year-old girl and said, she is more of a man than you are, and Andrzej is basically like, oh my god, why did I not Keep trace smiling, away Greg? Keep smiling, <laughs> yeah he's, he's definitely not smiling anymore and what doesn't help I mean you talk about exploding uh, thunder literally explodes from above after Randy said that so, she does wants anybody to go home. go
0: home and then Randy's and then and the skies open up
2: yeah,
1: wh- yeah what's going on with that how did, wh- how did that Did it happen because the way the show edits it as soon as Randy raises her hand the clouds come in and obviously she-
0: <laughs> God doesn't want you to go therefore <laughs> you must stay <laughs>
1: but the kids like acknowledge it in the show too like they're like oh wow like look look what happened like i Mm -hmm. I, how did that even happen i have no idea
2: yeah that That was it. it that was all it took for randy to stay well, you know what it was. It was that the powers that be, and I mean, you know, whoever's above the uh, producers like, of okay, Kid
0: Nation, yeah,
2: they're like, okay, well, we don't want Taylor to go because yeah. she's gold, and Taylor's linked to Randy. If Randy goes, there's a chance Taylor yeah. may go. So, like, let's let's send send a signal in the sky no, to really say, don't they, go, Mike, Randy. They're like
0: on the roof, like doing like an old timey like radio show, yeah, and with, got, the, with like, the thunder sheet paper. metal, and they're like they've got the hose up there spraying water on the roof.
2: <laughs> well, they should just got it on the microphone like. oh, this is God. Uh, <laughs> don't go, Randy. <laughs> I'll give you a gold star. Mm-hmm. A God gold star. It's <laughs> all star. gold without
0: G-O-D. Yeah. Uh, Blaine is going to get the gold star. He's been separated from Greg. He's a new man. Uh, but who's upset with the town council? uh everybody raises their hand phil a zero percent approval rating for the town blaine is the only one that's happy
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it was honestly (laughs) shocking even watching like the green people because again i always thought laurel was a good leader but it seems like you know the people the green people said um you know or laurel did a bad job of letting them in welcoming other people into their their team or whatever but Mm. it seems like i don't know like you guys were working great
0: No, Mike, Bonanza City is such a mob that they hear one thing from one person. (laughs) Like, Greg gets the whole room riled up and it's anarchy. They're ready to overthrow the government.
2: Well, I think it's also that, like, the council has now been lumped together. Like, it's not four individuals. It's now one whole thing. So, like, it could be a thing with the green team where, like, even though Laurel did not do this certain thing, it's like, well, the council did this. Like, Mm yeah, the council, we hate hate all four of them. All four of them are equally to blame for all of this. though I think to Phil's point, it seemed like the green team was, I think a little angry about the fact that like Laurel did not tell them that she had the opportunity to swap and that she like, they assume that she presumed better for them. And they, they seem at least more willing to extend an olive branch, at least at this moment than maybe Laurel herself. So I mean the big cliffhanger I think the only cliffhanger we've had so far is that the the council's going to get some challengers here.
0: Yes, okay. So that's the cost of doing business. It's re-election time. And so we find out that DK wants to run for the red district. We love that. We or at least, you know, at, at the moment yeah, we love we that. We love this. Love <laughs> this. Uh Blaine wants to run. Yes, Blaine, new Blaine. Yeah, uh, the new the
2: new hotness.
0: New hotness, but wait a second. Who's <laughs> this?
2: By god, that's Greg's music. <laughs> oh, Greg and wants to um, run um, for and
0: Blue and Township leader.
2: Any semblance of a smile that Anjay still had fell immediately as soon as Greg challenged him cuz he knew he was screwed either way. Mm-hmm.
1: You and see then Sophia just palm like, "Oh god." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and then finally, a contender steps up to challenge Laurel, and it's Michael.
1: I, why didn't Sophia run? That's what I'm confused about. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, Sophia does a good job. Uh, she didn't want to run. Michael's all right, though.
2: No, I, well, I think Michael is the more amiable person. We're like, didn't he get a gold star because he's, like, so chill? He's a nice guy. So, yeah. nice so guy. I think yeah. he is more so the cult of personality than maybe even someone like Sophia, especially compared to, like, if you want someone that will not be, you know, high on their horse, I think that Michael is that type of guy. Like, he's, he's down in the mud with the ponies. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Phil, any thoughts from Blaine's phone call to home?
1: Yeah, Blaine's dad, he seems kind of like in disbelief that the show is even happening. (laughs) He's like, oh, wait, you're, oh, interesting. Oh, word, I'm glad you're doing this. Good good job, son. I don't know. Oh, wait, you were gone? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, oh, I, I had no idea. I thought you were just surfing. I don't know.
0: Okay. All right, so we have To Be Continued, and we come back for episode number 10, which is entitled Let Me Talk. And it's all about communication and respect <laughs> in Bonanza City. We go right into, Mike, uh, election day.
2: Yeah, and I, I do feel, I mean, I guess everyone was sort of thrown for a loop. I do feel bad for the incumbents because they clearly had no idea, unlike the last election, that like their jobs were on the line. And so all four of their speeches are pretty weak sauce, especially Laurel is, like, stunned because mm-hmm. she never thought, because she was unchallenged last time. Uh, Guylin is just quick to bail, but I don't know you. You feel for Zach and Anjay in particular here. I know that Laurel's been built up for the villain, but Zach and Anjay seem like they actually do care yeah. about their districts, and they get overthrown for essentially like the two big bullies of of Bonanza City.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, the battle of uh, it's DK versus Guilin. uh Here's Guylin's speech.
3: Guys please
0: vote me off okay all right <laughs> bold strategy cotton let's see if it works out for him <laughs> uh so dk becomes the new leader of the red team okay uh we have a vote of michael up against uh My- michael up against uh laurel and laurel's voted out this is a stunner phil
1: yeah i feel like you know to Mike's point, I feel like if they had more time, you know, Laurel would have done a lot more social work, I think, with her yeah, team to actually she would whip the votes. Yeah, she would have totally like gotten the group together. <laughs> she and be was like, so "All right, shocked. No one's contesting me like we're, we're I'm going to become the tribe leader again. But no. And even in Michael's speech, Michael, like Laurel was talking about how, you know, she's been a great leader, da, 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 da. Michael just says, I'm just running just to like test myself to see if I could do it. And that's that's his speech. That's but everyone enough. just wants a change. So Michael's now leader yes okay but i
2: feel like that's i feel like that's a terrible because i mean who is the last person to say that guylin <laughs> and look at guylin it'll, it'll break you it know, down do you want, yeah do you know do you want another guylin i don't think nobody's platform should be like i thought i'd give this a try mm-hmm. in any form of politics yeah then
0: we have zach whose star has fallen uh that it looked like That uh, he came onto the political scene with a head of steam and then just completely crashed back down to earth. He gets beaten by Blaine, of all people.
2: I I do wonder, you know, it was very clear with that vote with Taylor, like, what the breakdown was. I do wonder who voted for Zach and who voted for Blaine, right? Like, 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 did Taylor and her group take revenge on Zach? Yes. Yes. by voting him out right so it was like almost like a similar breakdown but yeah. this time blaine was the swing vote and swung the other way mm-hmm. and then finally we had greg defeats
0: anj going away seven to two and Anjay, what a good sport still smiling phil
1: yeah you know he always kind of takes that kind of stuff well um but unfortunately this is kind of a disaster and i think everyone mm-hmm. kind of knows like in the moment uh, they have to be assuming like oh god what did we just do greg and blaine are both on yes. the council
0: yes there's like yeah everybody is like yes this like populist movement of like yes yeah. we voted out the entire town council and we've just put greg and blaine back together on the town council yeah. oh I didn't really my think of,
2: god didn't really think of the second part of the sentence specifically uh the background check mm-hmm. uh you know i don't know exactly what greg's uh tax records are you know, uh, how many things, to, how many properties has he bankrupted in the past? No, no, no. He has a great message. He's able to rile the town to uh, around a certain message. I think we should put him on there and give him a chance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, okay. everyone, everyone's disgusted, but at the same time, they're the ones who let that happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Greg got the entire crowd like worked up enough into like such a uh, like a fervor (laughs) and then they voted off the entire town council and then elected greg and his best buddy to the town council and this was a mistake
2: this this this, yeah like the you know our lack of of lounge came from smiling on jay and the council vote them out put greg in
1: Mm i think this is one of the funniest things i think this might be the funniest thing that happened in the show Mm -hmm. in my opinion
0: okay all right so there's a lot of talk about what are they gonna do now sophia is not happy that greg and blaine are now on the town council zach he's ready to pack it in phil
1: yeah oh yeah that's the thing see zach last week was you know complain. he was like making fun of randy like crying about missing her family and now here comes Zach, you know, looking at a photo of his parents, like, "Oh wow, I actually do miss them." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's hard. Come on, man. Like, I don't know.
0: Okay. But, yeah. Mike, uh, DK is going to talk with the leaders. To, you know, I really, I think that the problem here is we don't have enough respect for people. Uh, do they get this from the book? Have they? I have, don't know. Uh,
2: they didn't visit the book of like. Well, Bonanza City fell apart when everyone couldn't respect each other and no, everyone was talking over one another. They did not do games from seventh grade that helped everyone learn not to interrupt one another. So maybe you should do that, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Blaine is going to say, okay, we're going to do a game. It's called the communication game where everyone has to talk. And then if anybody interrupts, back to one gotta start the whole thing over again and so phil maybe this is going to be these new rules are going to help with the decorum in bonanza city
1: yeah i don't know where exactly they wanted to go with this game like Mm -hmm. what was it actually going to accomplish besides just everyone introducing themselves i think obviously they knew people were going to mess up but i'm surprised at how bad some of these kids actually were at this game like you know um, I think, you know, Kelsey was just introducing herself, and then Tasha just starts, like, laughing. I don't really know why, but it seems like the kids <laughs> can't really keep
2: it maybe, together. Maybe she loves Pennsylvania. Ah, uh, this, this just brought back horrible memories, because as someone who grew up doing a lot of theater, this is a, a game very similar to this that, to your point, is not really about communication, more about, like, concentration and gelling as an ensemble, where you count from one to whatever number you want to, but only one person can say a number at a time. If more than one person says a number together, then you have to start all over again. And it was the most like frustrating test of endurance to all get on the same page. And I can't imagine, especially at a young age, when you were starved and freezing, having to do that as well. So it just was like, a, it's a terrible exercise coming from people who, as they'll very quickly bring up, do not practice what they preach. Yeah.
0: But Phil, Why? What like what was this going to accomplish?
1: I think it was just Greg and Blaine now celebrating the fact that they were in power and they could have <laughs> them literally. They were like dance, monkey dance, do mm-hmm. my do my bidding, yeah. do whatever. I don't really care.
2: Nobody likes this. The game is no, a bust. Well, because well, Greg's like, all right, you guys need to learn how to respect each other. And then like when somebody laughs, like Natasha, you idiot! Look what you <laughs> did! You ruined it for everyone.
1: And it's like a game about <laughs> yeah. respect. But then like when someone says like it's their birthday, Pharaoh's like. Happy birthday. And Greg's like, you failed. You <laughs> lose. Good day, sir. Like, like, you have to start over. Like, yeah. he's just saying happy birthday.
0: Yeah. Eric is the one who is calling out Greg for this. Uh, that he really doesn't like it. Uh, Markel also is another person, a uh, big detractor of uh, the communication game. Michael yeah. hates it.
2: Yeah, I mean, in theory, again, it's this idea of um, and maybe this speaks to politics as well, right? Of like espousing values that you yourself do not possess. Uh, it, it's sort of tough to have Greg specifically be the paragon of guys. We all need to talk in turn. Let's not be insulting to one another. And let's have a lot of honor and respect for your fellow okay. man. Uh, it does, like that's not Greg. That's never been Greg.
0: OK, so later that night. We see a meeting. uh, Michael and Laurel and some of the green team members, Eric, they're having a secret meeting. And they're talking about how we did not like the communication game. But guess what? Guess who is spying on Michael's campaign? It's, it's Greg and Blake. Yes. They're hanging outside the window and they overhear everything. And they hear that Eric says basically that. I wouldn't even mind if they just sat in the middle of town and talked to everybody instead of if they uh, enforce these rules like this.
2: Yeah, yeah, and they, and they and they're really pissed at Michael in particular. Like, Michael, we thought you were cool. You were one of our friends, and now you're you're bad mouthing us behind your back to your green team friends. Uh, but I love this. So much shades of Sandra Diaz twine, right? Just like mm-hmm. they're, they're in like, they're not even in a spy bunker or a spy tree. They're standing outside of the cabin, just happening to listening in on the green team, I guess yelling out the window about right. how much they hate Greg and Blaine.
0: So <laughs> Phil, somehow, okay, they say, oh, Eric wants us to just sit in the middle of town and talk to everybody. Eric, your wish is granted. Okay. And now somehow they also flip DK during this, like where DK has been, nothing but a stand-up guy for nine episodes of this show, all of a sudden, DK is the third wheel to Greg and Blaine. Yeah, I think
1: they got DK just based off of emotion. You know, they were just like, you know, they were saying... They, they were know, talking DK, about us. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, they think you're a bad leader. or And so DK is all of a sudden now... DK's like been riled up for this next like five yes. minutes. He's yeah. upset,
2: you know? Well, that's a great point, though. Could Greg and Blaine, either intentionally or unintentionally, thought that that included DK as well? And it was like... DK, they were talking so much crap about you specifically. You need Mm -hmm. to join our class too. Yeah. All right. So now, Greg and Blaine
0: and DK now set up shop in the middle of town to, as Eric said, talk to everybody. But actually, instead, they're going to catcall all of the women of Bonanza City.
2: Yeah. (laughs) there, you're looking good today. Yeah.
3: Bye doing looking good yeah mama oh, Sita, yeah looking nice and hot hey sophie you looking good today oh yeah i love those shorts you wear them every day
2: yeah so we're gonna prove how wrong these people were about our lack of respect by complimenting everyone's looks and outfits on a surface level as they're walking by
0: were they trying to insult or compliment sophia with hey sophia those shorts that you wear every day
2: i think i think it's like a it's like a sort of like an open face compliment sandwich like it's a compliment but there's like a little bit of sarcasm in there right oh, they're like, negging her yeah exactly like, <laughs> oh look at those grody shorts you wear every day You know, again, which shows that even when they try to be complimentary, (laughs) they'd be insulting at the end. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's kind
1: of what I think. I think just when when Greg and Blaine, like, are complimenting people, it's that type of thing where it's like, all uh, I don't know. You look, attractive i don't know it's like that type like that's the only thing that really comes to their mind there you know
2: or or it would be like a like a compliment to them is like a less harsh insult right like compliment me well you don't look as ugly today as you usually do (laughs) you know like a real backhanded compliment is the way that greg and blaine usually comport themselves
0: Mm -hmm. okay so they're carrying on eric comes out there it's like guys what are you doing like oh eric oh you said we heard you. Yeah, we heard everything you said why don't we go sit in the middle of the town and talk to everybody you're a hypocrite
1: yeah and this is exactly what what you know eric had in mind he wanted everyone to cat call everyone of course and it yep. just it seems like it's just like it's like beavis and butthead in power it's just like what are you guys doing it's insane
2: and then all hell breaks loose when you rile up hippie kid michael you know that like you have mm-hmm. pushed things too far where they have to physically drag him away while he's screaming at them
0: yeah michael is going crazy phil is this the biggest fight we've seen in kid nation in bonanza city
1: yeah i think so far this is definitely the biggest fight we've seen um in the, in the show it, it's yeah. you know because it's, it's the leaders it's literally all four leaders in the center of town just arguing with each other over like catcalling and nonsense it's the city's totally
0: falling apart it's completely devolved uh mike we're fighting on both sides over who's the nazi regime here
2: yeah a lot of comparisons to that which considering gold star symbology i don't necessarily love Mm -hmm. Uh, but blaine also reveals to that point like he's like you know what we might just withhold the star we might not give it to anybody. I did not realize that was an option, but I'm mm-hmm. assuming if you're a production, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that an option. I want to create drama. I would love for the town council one time to be like, nobody's getting it, you little assholes.
1: <laughs> you know, because there are no rules with the star again. Like, I think the goals, like, the, the leaders could give it to themselves, I'm pretty sure, or they could just totally withhold it. So I think this is a really it's a fun way to do it
0: okay uh there is some healing laurel reminds everybody that okay look this is a a town not a district we can't just have one strong district we have to work together
2: yeah look at like post-presidential laurel here you know she's retired she's had some time to think for herself i mean she had a she had a real come down right like she had that morning after she like stormed off being like i can't believe i'm not in power anymore but now she's like yeah, you know what? I I got let the power go to my head, and I think now we could extend an olive branch or a, a handshake in the case of Michael, which is as good as his word. Okay.
1: Yeah. How much this week do we think that Laurel's just like you know? You know, I'm not a council leader, so I might be able to win a gold star this week. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think you know. Sometimes I'm thinking you know she, she's thinking this might actually be an advantage for. Her.
2: It's very true. Yeah, she's, like she's the one that's seen as sort of like the camp David, right? Like she's the peace broker between the warring council and she has that influence even though she's not on it i think this is win-win for laurel Mm -hmm. so
0: all right michael is going to try to talk to uh greg and dk and phil is he able to talk some sense into them uh no
1: no not at all
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, greg wants to come down on taylor this is a uh not a lot of taylor in these last couple episodes mike
2: yeah i mean there was a little bit with randy but we get back to of course Taylor being lazy, and Greg tries the Greg version of pushing Taylor along, which is essentially to threaten her, and basically, or uh, and DK specifically is like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, if we win the reward, you're not getting anything because you don't contribute." Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It, it, Taylor's like, "Yeah." Taylor's like, she said she's quitting from working, but mm-hmm. like, it's like, "Do were you ever working before?"
0: Taylor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deal with it. Okay. Threat.
2: Yeah. yeah okay <laughs> yeah but, but to that point though that she was like i don't care i'm going home anyway because i lost randy you know like she just like lets it all out there and this is our big major you know i think zach was sort of the um the red herring i think our big who's gonna quit storyline for the episode is taylor and Stop. you can feel people for the second time this season frantically scrambling of like we cannot lose taylor <laughs> right now
0: <laughs> okay showdown number 10 gather up pioneers okay Mike, are you excited to hear about the Order of Inventions? We did Order uh, of Presidents, now we'll do Order of
2: Inventions. I mean, this is a lot harder than Order of Presidents, in yeah. in my opinion. I guess it just helped that from the alliteration perspective that the first, first three were all the Ts, but this is something that I would get less today than I would the, the Presidents, which I think were, you know, fairly straightforward. We weren't getting into, like, the more menial ones like zachary taylor and rutherford b hayes they were pretty much you know mainstream ones this one is like all right when did the telegraph get invented in comparison to the record player and i think unless you are some of these whiz kids who studied like this specific dates and inventors it's got to be tough to figure out because these kids don't know anything past the year 1950 from a history perspective
0: phil would
1: you be able to do this that's the thing it's like does any kid know what a photograph or a phonograph is like Mm. a phone versus like a telegraph versus like i'd totally like just mix all this crap up i don't know i know radio and television those the only two things i know and that's kind of the only thing i'd be able to track
2: well i think they need to come up with a song called like uh Telegraph killed the uh, the Telegram star, and then what phonograph killed the Telegraph star? Because we have video killed the Radio star. That's a very easy chronology, yeah. but we need, need the rest of it to tie into the timeline. Uh,
0: I think this is very hard. I mean, I feel like if I gave my kids like a Victrola, an eight track player, of VCR, and a DVD player, they, they would not be able to put those in order.
2: Well, it doesn't help that because vinyl is on its way back now. You'd think the Victrola is the most recent, mm-hmm. actually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh Phil they also communication is very important. So they have to like carry a pie on like a long stick. Yeah, Jonathan says
1: pie holders too much for my <laughs> for my liking. He's like, you have to take your pie holders
2: and <laughs> put them up and yeah. make sure you hold Art. like our Kid Nation branded pie holders now available in the CBS store to play at home. Yeah. All right. Um,
0: ultimately, it's going to be the red team that has uh, the most problems. Mike, uh, DK is uh, really struggling with this, especially then uh, Mike is also yelling at him and DK does not want to take his answers.
2: Yeah, it's more so that, like, I think Mike got something wrong once and DK's like, I don't believe you anymore. You're spouting mm-hmm. nonsense to me. And so, as, as the tick, as it, it counts on, I don't think. We still don't know after the commercial break whether or not the final order was from DK or if he finally relented and listened to Mike. Uh, but, you know, the other fun stuff that came out of this was we got a little bit of, a, like, a Blaine dumb at it, right? He doesn't know what a phonograph is. Uh, Zach courteously calls him a moderately intelligent young man. Uh, the other thing that I loved, uh, which I would have totally done, is Emily eating the pies. Like, if I'm handing off pies, I'm and it's not pies, right? It's just whipped cream on top of a pie plate like they usually do in Wild and Crazy Kids. Like, I get a little bit off the top. Why not? Mm-hmm. I'm just standing out there at the top.
1: A little whipped cream, you know. Throw it on. Save it. Save it for later in the kitchen. No, no.
2: I'm 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 helping the job, right? Because like uh, they have to scrape it off at the end of the day. Like waste mm-hmm. not, want not. We just learned a few weeks ago about waste. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Blaine puts television first. Like, <laughs> let's really <laughs> like work through that one. Yeah. Like, come on, Blaine. I don't know.
0: Maybe be, electing you for the leader wasn't the <laughs> perfect decision. All right, so. Alright, let's see the rewards. Oh my uh, god. Behind door number one <laughs> is something that the settlers in Bonanza City used. Ponies? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't, like... They weren't really they to about- ride. It was like, you can make them take the water. <laughs>
2: this, this is so bad. <laughs> this might have been a step, a shade better than paint. Because at least, like, the ponies could maybe be used for hauling. But we've seen The Amazing Race so many times to know that, like, these are live animals that cannot be tamed. I just love that it was a legitimate decision between letters from your parents or a gaggle of smelly ponies. Oh, how do you know they were smelly ponies, Mike? Oh, Amanda Rabinowitz told me. (laughs) They're not big enough. No, exactly. But I just—I don't know. I just love this. Like, all right, we really need someone. We really need like a a rafe's choice here. We got letters from home. What's equally as weighing Pony Express? A bunch of ponies (laughs) that they can use around the town.
0: Yeah,
1: like you have ten days left. You're really like concerned. Like, oh, I don't want to carry water for the next ten days.
0: Like, I know. I think that
2: the ponies will be more appealing. It's like you could use them for meat.
0: Yeah. Do we know (laughs) if Manya is one of the kids in Kid Nation? (laughs) <laughs> she oh, loved boy. the good
2: pony. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, I, yeah, I just such a, a an inane. And for a second, they tried to make us believe that they were actually going to pick the ponies. Which, actually, knowing this council, yeah. they may have actually done so. Well,
0: yeah, Greg is the one that makes the call, and he says, uh, "He's like, Jonathan, we're gonna take the ponies and throw them out the window, <laughs> which you should not do."
2: That was. I can, I can pick up the pony. <laughs> therefore, I have pity on it. So I don't chide, chide it that much. Um,
0: Phil, and then they give out all the letters and they don't give out one to Taylor and they sort of say, uh, Taylor, uh, you want this letter? Do you? <laughs> like, you're going to start being good now, aren't you?
1: Yeah, like, were they really allowed to withhold the letter from from Taylor's parents? (laughs) Taylor's mother was not going to have that. If you know, if Mm -hmm. they had to withhold the letter, they would not have been pleased.
2: You know what? You know what they should have done. They should have pulled an ICA. You take her letter and you feed, it, you feed it to the pony. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the, the horse eats the
1: letter. Looking at Taylor's face, that would have been classic. <laughs> <laughs> Deal
3: with
0: it, Taylor! <laughs> <laughs> this pony's eating your family's words.
1: <laughs> but I don't know, I do like that we get a little bit of a nice moment with Taylor. You know, Taylor's been quiet for this, like, last three episodes. We haven't really gotten that much from her. And the stuff we have gotten, you know it was the emotional stuff like with randy and i don't yeah. know like we do i'm i'm glad that you know we get this an, like a small little emotional moment with taylor and getting the letter right here
0: okay. all right we're gonna read the letters um mike we spent a lot of time on laurel's letter
2: yeah uh i also love we're gonna find out laurel's uh parents later have an even thicker bostonian accent yeah <laughs> than than her like bordering on trish hegarty like uh Oh, you got that Banana <laughs> City money.
0: Here, I've got, the, I've got, I pulled the, this, when Laurel gets the gold star, here's her call to, uh, call <laughs> the mom.
2: Come here!
3: I'm just really happy. We had this thing, it's called the gold star, and it's worth $20,000. Well, I kinda won this time. You won
0: $20,000?! <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what does she say at the start of the call when the mom is? <laughs> She's
2: like, Come, come here! Come here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I uh, actually uh, I recently read that Laurel's family is being uh, Cast in a Ben Affleck movie Very recently, they're playing the <laughs> extras because, because they just have just thick Bostonian accents. They fit right in
0: Phil, did you notice the score of Amazing Grace Underneath the call to Laurel's oh, mom? Oh, wow He's
3: really happy We had this thing, it's called the
2: gold star. It's worth $20,000 Well, I kinda won this time You won $20,000?! I don't, think, I don't know if you're going to hear anything above her This mom's primordial scream
1: <laughs> <laughs> The editors really thought they did something
0: with it yes. Is oh, Amazing Grace Laurel's Laurel, theme? Make sure you sing a public domain song We've got this one
2: Ma, you won't believe it I said, just sing Amazing Grace <laughs> <Come
3: here! laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah laurel's brother uh even misses her so uh because I, I was a little stumped phil this was i did not see laurel getting the gold star i'm like Boy, who's getting the gold star this week are they just not going to give it to anybody
1: yeah i mean i guess it was the type of thing where everyone just assumed all right laurel's been doing a good job before let's just give it to her here because there's no there's no real plot line like who would you even give it to like with the story arc here like Michael mm-hmm. couldn't really get one off because no. you know he's the leader. So it just—I don't know. Like there's been no one to give it to the ponies. I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna give this called ponies. You've been Taylor's letter. Hope you made room for a gold star. Yeah, it's worth its weight in gold.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh let's check in at the uh the town hall. Uh Some people do not approve of the new town council. Looks like it's a a divided Bonanza City, Mike.
2: It's pretty much the Green Team is in disapproval, and everyone else is like, yeah, they're okay. Which makes sense, considering that the Green Team were the ones that like were directly antagonized by Greg, Blaine, and DK. So, of course, they're not particularly happy. And then, of course, talk about timeliness. Here comes AJ with the First Amendment talking about uh, who has rights to censor whose speech. hmm Yeah. Uh,
0: and we get into uh, a lot of uh, Greg talking about how he gives out uh, tough love. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's what he does. Tough love for everybody.
1: Yeah, and you know, people are just critiquing Greg, and and Greg is just like, you know, Greg is trying to defend himself, and then Michael's like, yo, like, don't defend yourself right now because they're just trying to talk to the, talk to you, and Greg is just like, I'm not defending myself, but I think that yada yada, and it's just like it's total. There's no communication. Like this whole episode hinges on communication, but. There's there's nothing. We get nothing.
2: <laughs> and then right when you think like, okay, Greg's gonna like finally listen, he said says, Alright, ultimatum. If fifty if half of you want me to go home, I'll go home right now. Yeah, they should have called his bluff. Yeah. Look at this. should've all stood is so up.
1: sensitive, man. Yeah. He like, come on. Like, he's really he took I feel like he takes this stuff personally, but he doesn't really know how to like actually express it besides just being like, You want me to go home or you want me to stay? And of course, People want him to flip over the outhouses, so <laughs> they, they want him
2: to stay. He's a good worker. Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely is like the "why you mad, bro" guy, right? Of like, oh, like wow, I can't. Like Anjay, you're crying over you know all this Titanic stuff and losing the town council. Then like as soon as he gets accused of stuff, he's like, "What are you talking about? Stop calling me names. That's it. I'm done. No more outhouse pushing." But they, they, no one wants him to go. They basically just say like, "Hey, stop being, stop being a dick." And, but still stay and help us with your big 15 year old stream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's listening to me. Okay. All right. Um, who's going to get the gold star? Um, it's going to be Laurel. So uh, congratulations, to Laurel. She calls her mom. Uh, she gives a hug to Greg. They're on the same page. Nice. Get a little, nice little moment with them, too. Yeah. All right. Mike, anything else from this episode?
2: Uh, I don't think so, but man, I mean, you guys talked last week about how, I think Phil in particular, about like how the hangriness and the fatigue is starting to settle in, and we really experienced so many highs and lows, right? Like, I feel like the, the talent show was a real high in terms of everyone, like, having a great time, and then almost as immediately as the next episode, things just hit rock bottom, with just the mood is completely depleted, everyone's whipped up into an uproar that only exacerbates with the new council, like, these are definitely the the three most climactic episodes, particularly episodes nine and ten of the season so far.
0: Yeah, a lot of upheaval that went on here in uh, Bonanza City. I, I think it's been interesting that the show started with like uh, a completely uh, different town council than what we're at. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, the town council now is completely all guys and all yeah. like yeah. older guys. Uh, they've sort of like, I think that they, the producers have sort of like uh, wh- whatever the mechanism was going to be, it has ended up in the hands of like the oldest and most influential, like bad actors in the group for the most part.
1: Yeah. It's really weird that it worked out that way. It's kind of surprising and it's a little frustrating, I guess, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, yeah upsetting i guess well, so it's it weird because
2: yeah they're older but like greg sort of pitches himself to the younger kids right because he's like always helped them so it's almost like he has like the younger kid block and feels like he can represent them even though as this episode yeah. proves like at the moment he's only really in it for himself
0: yes he gets the younger kids to not vote in their best interest yeah he's their bully <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that maybe there was like be a better mechanism to elect the leaders of uh, Bonanza City than to just have like the biggest, strongest kids like yell at everybody.
2: It's also because I think because of like the, their physical stature, they they tend to have the more louder voices in the crowd, and so I think people conflate that with leadership sometimes. Like that's mm. what happened with Greg. Of like, well, Greg's big and yells a lot. That makes him a leader type. I think he'd do well he has being the, the, the determining megaphone. voice our dist- right. Yeah, exactly. Like he he'd be the determining voice of our district. And I think that, that this it very quickly shows, and who knows, maybe to come, you know, Greg in particular is going to turn around with his new role on the council, but I think it definitely shows that, like, just because someone is, is, you know, speaking up about something may not mean that, like, they are particularly right for sitting in the position that they are yelling at.
1: Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it also just has to do with just, like, the psychology of, like, when you're Mallory's age, you see an adult figure. And, of course, like, when you see Greg, Greg is kind of like an adult, so you'll, you know, vote for someone like that over, you know, someone of your own age because, you know, your peers.
2: Vote for Greg. He reminds me of my dad.
0: (laughs) 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 Says a troubled young kid. Okay. (laughs) So... We had some questions from the patrons of Robin's Podcast. We've been having a, a Facebook question thread on uh, episodes 8, 9, and 10. Uh, some of these things we covered, but some we uh, didn't. Sarah Seal wants to know, in what universe does the coolest kids lounge ever include Chinese checkers and 30
2: pillows? <laughs> none. For
1: 2007 kids, let me say, none. <laughs> no,
2: absolutely not. There's like, you need to have at least one game system in there in order to make it barely eek onto the cool meter right now it is firmly away from any sort of radar at the moment unless this is just like the out-of-touch adults you know are the ones that are they're figuring this out of like all right well we can't have brands what do kids like what's that thing in a doctor's office all the time oh yeah chinese checkers let's bring that in let's remind kids of the dentist
1: (laughs) You <laughs> got a brought a wee in there, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's 2007. These kids would have gone crazy yeah. over one of those.
0: These kids are going to be spending a lot of time at the dentist. So I think that <laughs> after true. that gum challenge, they want to get them used <laughs> to it. Okay. Mike Christensen says, I'm honestly surprised production didn't have Jared give a confessional about oral herpes after that gum challenge. Mike, what would that have been like?
2: <laughs> well, oral herpes was the number four cause of the Industrial Revolution. We see how it brings great change in our society.
1: (laughs) Um, We could have done a Shakespearean monologue just about. about
2: (laughs) Alas, poor oral herpes! I knew ye well. Yeah.
0: Um, Eva wants to know which kid does Mike relate to the most.
2: Honestly, it might have to be my own namesake, Uh, because Mike was someone. uh, Well, not Michael. Mike. Red Mike. Mike. Uh, Because I think Mike is someone who is like a little emotional, a little impetuous, like, especially when I was his age, right? Like, I was definitely an oddball. I was definitely someone who uh, spoke before I thought and often embarrassed myself as a result. And I was someone mm-hmm. who also like wore my heart on my sleeve, too. So like, watching him like, uh, cry and try to play off it, it off with a joke when he lost town council, like, I would have had that exact same reaction. So it ends up being fate. Thank you, God slash producers <laughs> on roof with sheet metal that uh, my namesake ends up being the most relatable to me on the show
0: okay phil who most reminded you of yourself when you were watching the show did you have like an avatar in the season
1: yeah so it my track record kind of didn't go that well like when I, in the first episode i was like really in on jimmy jimmy <laughs> was my man and then jimmy left and then i was all in on cody and cody was my dude because he reminded me <laughs> of me and then he left <laughs> and so i would say you know looking back Probably, you know, someone like a Cody or someone like that, or, or maybe like a, like an Anjay, but not as smart, but you know, someone who kind of like thinks they're really smart, even though they kind of just like talk nonsense and don't actually know how to like lead people or talk to people, something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Rob? I don't know if I really see myself in any of uh, the children of Kid Nation. Uh, do you have a suggestion, Mike?
2: I feel like... Eric. I was actually thinking, Eric, like, I think you could, you could do a wand off about a song about New Jersey, you know? Yeah. You're someone who's not afraid to speak up, though.
0: He just came out of nowhere, though. I'd like to think
2: (laughs) that I would be, like,
0: somewhere in in the main cast.
1: Yeah, there's no real gamers on this cast. That's the thing. I'm trying to think of someone who's, like, really, because I feel like if you went on, Rob, you'd really be wheeling and dealing, even if there was nothing Mm. to really (laughs) wheel or deal. No, I think
2: you are, from an airtime perspective, I think you're the Alex. I think you're the guy that like is always around and like makes one liners to the camera, but like doesn't need to get involved in any of the main drama or actually give a couple of close friends. But it's mostly like, all right, we'll cut to you with your singular tooth uh, Mm -hmm. and like making a making a a one liner about like, wow, this person's really out there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Friends with Nathan. The yeah, exactly. kid that nobody else likes. Yeah, The Stephen
2: Fishback of Kid Nation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Connor wants to know, is the paint versus block party the most lopsided reward choice they've had yet? I mean, who in their right mind would pick the paint in this situation?
2: I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it got outdone two episodes from now. Then with ponies versus letters from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're really
0: stretching to try to like make it have something in common. Uh, Mike, I think, is right. He says 100%. It was only a reward for paint the town, double meaning, and not for any actual value of a reward.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, just thinking about like the ponies versus letters from home thing kind of had nothing to do with like the the respect theme at all. Like they kind of just like ditch it by that episode. They're like, all right, whatever. We're giving you these things. Here you go.
0: Okay, Mel Halst says, uh, did you want Taylor to get her letter from home? I was hoping that we would get a, is everybody on the team okay if we decide to give Taylor her letter and then have someone do the iconic Shireen hand raise?
2: Well, I guess, I wonder who would have done it, right? Like, I think maybe a few episodes ago it would have been Zach, but I feel like (laughs) Zach is also in sort of like a lame duck period, so he doesn't really care at this point. I would have been surprised if anyone would have said, no at that moment considering that they were all emotional i think they were they were kind in that moment all of them to be like yeah we'll just let her have it it's
0: mm-hmm. fine yeah okay sheldon wants to say episode nine is laurel's breaking bad episode and i freaking
2: love it uh her s really hits the fan i didn't do it for the green team i did it for me
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh would you say that do you see walter white uh, synergy with Laurel in episode 9?
2: Does she know, break do bail?
1: I mean, she has to do what she has to do for her family, I guess, you know, there's that kind of correlation.
3: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And obviously there's the scene, you know, where where Walter White sings Amazing Grace beautifully and <laughs> calls her mom from Boston. So there's also that kind of correlation. Come here.
0: <laughs>
2: you got 20 million, What? <laughs>
0: Okay, Uh, then a couple more questions. Uh, Chris Snyder says, when Greg is all like, you're not a man to Anjay, aren't they all technically not men because they're under 18?
2: (laughs) Right, but as, as the oldest person, he is the arbiter of what masculinity is, right? So like, he is the one who is the closest to puberty, so he can determine who else has gone through puberty and who has not.
0: Yeah. And Laureen uh, just quotes, uh, he sings in his sleep. Honestly, can do
1: without Emily. But why do we need Nathan? He sings in his sleep. He's, like, in agony over the fact that he has to sleep with Nathan.
2: Well, imagine you were lying down to bed, and it's not like, you know, whale noises or, like, serene sounds. It is someone belting Ethel Merman show tunes <laughs> out while you're trying to get your 40 winks in. That's a problem.
0: I
1: wonder if Nathan still does that. He's still singing
0: that. to sleep. Yeah, that's a good question <laughs> to ask. Okay. Wow phil can you believe it only one last chapter left in our rewatch of kid nation
1: yeah i really can't like we've gone through this pretty quickly and you know it's been a lot of fun and i hope this
0: grand finale um will shock you i hope so but we'll see okay all right um i've really had so much fun this month this has been a real highlight to go back to bonanza
1: like how is this episode like because i know like viewership wise this is kind of where people drop off like if you look at the view i was one of them yeah yeah exactly mike like you (laughs) know people are kind of you feel like you got boring yeah people kind of got the gist of it and like for i think probably for the same reasons why you fell off mike it's like all right no one's really like getting voted out it's like why do i have to watch these screaming kids like it's entertaining but i guess people had other stuff to watch so and the controversy, I guess, but this is kind of where people dropped off.
2: But it is interesting, though. I do feel like you I think that the the thesis of your rewatch here is sort of like it plays surprisingly better now than maybe it did back in 2007. And I think part of that is like with the sort of in, uh, the sort of influx of like Kardashian and Bravo lab based entertainment. Like, I think people are now more accustomed and are more salivating on the idea of like, I just want to watch people argue with each other. Whereas I think back in those days, the real world was a thing, but I feel like that was not exactly the focus of competitive reality TV. In 2021, there's an entire genre about it, and so I think it is more palatable now to just be like, "Y'all watch 13 episodes of kids yell at each other in a western town." Like Mm -hmm. that sounds like a, a good time. Yeah, yeah.
1: I like. I think I like also just the fact that you know you do. Of course, when we start the show, we have our central characters, but you know, over time, and I think even you would agree, Rob, like we do learn more and more about these like this cast of characters, and we do start to become more accustomed to them and we start to you know like them more so there is that kind of just character based you know element that brings us back that like i feel like other shows don't really have
0: just looking at the ratings for the season uh the it's not like that there is like a major dip it does so happen that this episode we just talked about was the lowest rated episode of the season with 6.88 uh million viewers overall which would be like Huge ratings uh, yeah. now uh, this was the lowest rated uh episode of the series but and then the the last three episodes are seven point two nine seven point two uh, 7.35 it the the highest rated episode was the premiere uh which has uh mm. 9 million viewers and then for whatever reason the second highest uh, view, uh viewed episode was the sixth episode bonanza is disgusting with well, 8 million. You, well
2: you know what it was interestingly enough uh so i mean six was what there was the first episode in the new administration right like that was after the election so maybe people were excited of like "Ooh, there's a new town council now i gotta tune in And maybe the reason why let me talk is so low is because they saw who's who might be coming into the other town council. And they're like, oh, I don't want to watch Greg and Blaine in charge. No way. I'm boycotting this show. Yeah.
0: I also don't know what if do you know, uh, Phil, was it on eight o'clock? Was there a lead in for these shows? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was eight
1: o'clock. I don't know if there was a lead in. I think they kind of I'm pretty sure I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure like they started it at eight.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, who's to say? Maybe we could do some more digging and find out exactly uh, what went wrong here for the Kid Nation audience. All right, Uh, this was so much fun, Uh, Phil. Anything else you want to say about Kid Nation today? Uh,
1: Nothing today besides just like watching Greg, you know, rise to power. Kind of really shocked my core, and it just it's just because like you know if you know art mirrors reality, reality mirrors art, and just watching this kind of unfold was you know kind of shocking, but. That's why we love this show and it's, it's very beautiful.
0: Um, yeah, that's
1: kind of the only thing I would say.
0: Okay. All right. Phil, where can people keep up with you?
1: Um, so you can follow me on Twitter dot com um slash listen up Philip, um, where I'm tweeting sometimes. And then you could also follow me on letterbox.com um slash P N T J R, where I'm always just writing uh movie and T V shows, uh TV show reviews. I was gonna say um, you're writing
2: oh, you're writing them there? And uh,
1: I just watched um, the new HBO miniseries. I don't know if you guys, either of you guys watched this, Um, the Tiger Woods documentary. Oh yeah, I heard good. about that. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was kind of just like disgusting to really just like dig into his life. It was kind of like- Why do you, you say know,
0: disgusting?
1: Because like, you know, the whole show is about how much, you know, it's weird that we beco- we start to fall in love with these celebrities, but that's what the whole show is at the same time. We're just like learning about Tiger, mm. Tiger Woods is like, you know, tabloid so- life and his nightclub life and his, affairs and all this stuff but it's pretty pretty Whoa. interesting i really liked it, it
2: yeah is it just a thing now where every january we're going to have some sort of like mini series documentary about a famous athlete right where we had michael jordan last oh, january I think was, say,
0: some documentary about something tiger
2: no i yeah <laughs> well that's next thing right i think uh the tigger documentary is going to be january 2022 and you mm-hmm. don't want to know about the stuff in his closet there's mm-hmm. a lot of skeletons there yeah
0: <laughs> okay
2: all right um Phil, I'm looking at
0: uh, top ten movies from uh, from Phil for 2020.
1: Yeah, I just saw. You know, I have no life, guys. In case you don't know, know, I I guess I just watch movies all day. So I, you know, at the end of the year, I like to, you know, make a list of the things I appreciated. Um, And so. This year, also, there's no blockbusters, so it's a, probably mm. a bunch of random movies that no one's seen. But I recommend people watch the list, or people watch the movies on yeah. my top ten list. You can find it on Twitter,
0: Mike. I've heard of exactly one movie in Phil's top ten for it, 2020.
2: Is it Palm Springs?
0: No. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Is Palm, Palm Springs is not in was there? Palm right? Springs
2: on there? Oh, I don't know. I, I feel like that's one of those ones that sort of like fell through the cracks of like hey, it happened to come out on Hulu. It's technically a movie, so it might make people's no.
0: list. <laughs> the only one I've heard of Soul. Number eight. Oh, you okay. like Okay.
2: I, I didn't rough, say though. I've seen it yet.
0: I just, I just have heard, heard of it. I don't even remember the uh, that the only we the only movies that are ever on in my house are, are Star Wars movies, episodes 9. Gotten, we, we haven't gotten into that one yet. We keep going <laughs> back to the beginning.
2: Well, you're on the you're on the platform, right? Just like be like, make a couple missed clues, like, oh no, this Pixar movie came on. I think we should watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if we can get them to switch over. Okay. All right. Uh, Phil, looking forward to the finale uh, next week. Chappelle will join us for the oh, Home Stretch episodes 11, 12, 13 of Kid Nation. Mike, what do you have going on these days?
2: Uh, I, am, I am rewinding like a mofo in line with uh, the RHJP Rewind going on right now. I'm talking about a lot of stuff from the past. Uh, so Rob mentioned that speaking of the past, Rob and Grace and I got together to go through Survivor Jury Speeches Highly recommend people check that out. It's a Lost art form, and it was great to sort of re-litigate a lot of fantastic and maybe not so great jury speeches from over the years on Outwit, Outplay Outlist. Of course, uh, over on post-show recaps, we're going down the hatch with Josh Wiggler. We're about to cannonball our way into season four of Lost, which I am very excited about, a personal favorite season of mine. Uh, and then I'm ex- I'm going on to a new project as well, talking about another past show. This one I have never seen before. I'm doing a podcast with my lovely wife, Angela Bloom, called The Bloom Files. Whoa. We're talking X-Files. Wow. She loves the show, one of her favorite TV shows of all time. I have never seen an episode. And so uh, we have sort of handpicked several episodes uh, to get us through, you know, a block of weeks where every week we're going to watch one or two episodes of The X-Files, me for the first time, her for the umpteenth time, talk about our different reactions, opinions, does it play well in 2021? We've mm-hmm. already recorded a few episodes and the intro podcast explaining the entire purpose of the project is dropping on Sunday on poster recap. So I hope people check that out, whether or not they are new to the show or not. And then I'm still staying in the past with reality TV as well, because Shannon, Gus, and I are going back to season five of Surviv- Survivor South Africa champions. Uh, we're actually going to be recording our episode three and four podcast tomorrow night. It is a Weird ass season of Survivor, but there's a lot of discussion worthy and fun stuff going on to talk about. And Shannon and I always have a lot of lot of fun talking about all the uh the like weighty and light stuff that exists in international Survivor. So if you if you want to check that out, it's all available on YouTube, and you can join Shannon and I along for the ride. All right. And then, of course, speak about new stuff. Rob, you and I are going to be back in less than a month talking Tough as Nails.
0: Oh yeah, Tough as Nails is around the corner.
2: Yeah. So I think I actually uh, might have an interview uh, squared up with our man, Phil Kogan, coming up uh, next week, uh, previewing the cast of 12 people that I'm sure we're going to be talking about. But very excited about that. That was sort of like a a critical darling, I think, of 2020 in reality television. And so I'm excited for it to, to come back and see what else you know what other people we get to see who are the new roofer leaves of the world
0: <laughs> okay all right so a lot of stuff coming up from mike bloom of course if you missed it this week we've been continuing to count down all the way from 40 to one the best survivor seasons of all time this week we talked about the 38th best season of all time according to the fans of rob as a podcast Talked about survivor thailand had a, a very fun panel the other night uh david bloomberg Chappelle, Sasha Joseph uh, joined us. we also on the 90 Day Fiancé recap. Uh, Lauren Ashley Beck joined Puya and myself to talk about the week in 90 Day Fiancé. And then, of course, uh, Playout list uh, is up. I'm going to be talking with Taryn Armstrong about The Hustler. going to check out uh, that mm-hmm. brand new show. Uh, Taryn says that it is a very interesting social strategy experiment. So uh, we'll take a look at that. And then we've got some Talking with T-Bird coming up this weekend and then another edition of the Hot Takeoff coming up on Renap. So jam-packed week here on Rob Has a Podcast. Of course, uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Chapter 5, the finale of our Kid Nation rewatch. And we'll figure out what we're rewatching in February on the RHAP rewatch. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. (laughs)